Welcome to episode 350 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 350 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I am good, Bevan. And you? 350 is quite a good number, that isn't is it? It's quite a good number. Imagine if you scored that in cricket just by yourself. Is that the world record? Brian Lara got 500 once, didn't he? I think he did. That wasn't in a test. First class. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to find out what the best you two. Yeah, don't just do that at the start of the show. You can, you can do that during the show. Oh, really? Okay. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by. Coffeesofwai.com. Amazing. Athlinks.com. Even more amazing. And Extreme Endurance. Actually, they're all just as amazing each, as each other. Yes. Yeah. 350. Be nice if our cricket team scored that. Well, even as a team. Exactly. That's what I mean. New Zealand's cricket team isn't that sharp, is it? The Poms no. killed us the other night. Did you watch it? No. Do you watch cricket? I try, but every time I watch it, we just get spanked and then I lose interest. I quite enjoy a good game of cricket. But yeah, then, I don't mind cricket. It's the same with the bloody New Zealand Warriors. Turn them on. Every time I just go to watch them, I think, right, I'm going to watch them. They just get thumped. Didn't they win the other night? Yeah, but I wasn't watching. That's, oh, right. that's the problem. It's your curse. I know. If you didn't watch, all New Zealand teams would win everything. Yes. It would be the best ever. Well, I'm picking we're going to have a New Zealand winner at Ironman New Zealand this weekend. Oh, well, it'll be controversial or if not. Mm. But anyway, I'm, uh, I've already done that. This week's show. News, we've got some news coming up. We've got some races. The racing season's beginning, John. It is. Exciting times. We're very excited and we can't hide it. Yep. Just like the Pointer Sisters, we've got Age Group of the Week. We've got Website of the Week, Coach's Corner. Just a question. I thought I'd throw it into Coach's Corner. Just to, just This is like a question. And questions and answers. And we've got an interview on my new bike ride. On your my new, new bike. bike. On your yes. new bike ride. My new bike. Are you doing a new ride, are you? Where are you going? Oh, I'm actually... Um, <coughs> No, nothing. nothing you need to do your throat. Do your throat. Yep. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Test, test, test. Yep. Right. So uh, anyway, news, news is, uh, happened this weekend. I think there's a pretty awesome time for New Zealand people because we've got Ironman New Zealand coming up this weekend. And uh, Thorsten sent through his thoughts on his ratings. And there's only one downfall of his ratings, John. Yes. It only really accounts for old races. So Bevan isn't really there. Yes, because he has not done an Ironman. And I'm genuinely pretty excited about this race. Um if it wasn't in New Zealand, you know, uh, same deal. You've got three guys with three really different dynamics that can win the race. So you've got the, the big veteran, Cameron Brown. Um, how, many, how many times he won the race, Bevan? Is ten. This, ten? So yeah, he won ten last year, remember? Well, he didn't win last year, so didn't must he? have been the year before. No, last year was 70.3. It got blown off. Or well, he must have won ten the year before. He must have. I think you're right. He has won ten. Yes, I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I definitely know that. So... Yeah, I mean, and, and he's coming off that fantastic Melbourne race last year. Didn't really do much from memory other than Melbourne last year. Uh, hasn't he did road, but he didn't remember it? Yeah, he didn't do great there. No. Uh, so interesting to see how, how he goes around. I'm sure he'll do really well. I mean, he's never had a bad race there. It's just whether his race is going to be good enough to win it. Terenzo Bozzoni, uh, from my mind, one of the best 70.3 athletes in the world on his day and uh, you know one of the very very best but is still really yet to go anywhere close to matching his 70.3 results with his Ironman results he's had a I think he had an 11th in, in Kona in his, in his first attempt there he's had some 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 good races 
but certainly not to the same calibre as the 70.3. So who knows what he's going to be bringing to the table. He had, you know, he's had a big Achilles operation, uh, so we'll just, just see. And he had a bike crash, obviously, before 70.3 champs. So I think, you know, on his day, quite easily win the race. Um, but Bevan Doherty's going to be the surprise, not the surprise package, but the, the real interesting point of the day to see whether he can go out there and totally crush it. Um, How old's Bevan? He is 35. Okay, and Cam's what, 38 now? No, Cam's 40, I think. Is he 40, is he? Okay. Well, I'm picking he'll be 40. If he's not 40, he'll be 40 this year. So were you racing Cam when you were younger? Um, yeah, but he was quite a bit older. Well, okay. he's, you know, four or five years older. Well, when you're younger, that's a lot older, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, I wouldn't have said I was racing him. He was in the race and I was in the race, but I was on a... He was a bit of a guru at different, that time. ...different playing field. Yeah, he, he was... Uh, he finished second in the World Junior Championships in 19... 92 or 3 something like that when it was in Canada I think 1992 because 93 was Manchester and 94 was New Zealand so he was it was, and that was second behind Spencer Smith. He was a business as a junior and then carried on to have a fantastic you know, elite career and 20 years later um, he's still, talking about still cranking it so it's a really hard Is one Is this the year he loses? I'm thinking it well I don't know about Terenzo will beat him um, but Bevan's new to the distance. Yeah. Come on, Cam knows this race. Yeah, but um, you're just trying to wind me up. <laughs> no, no, I think there's, there's a better points. It's it's really interesting. I, I think, I reckon Bevan will crush them. I really do. Crush? I think he, 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 he well, this is the swim is going to be really interesting, and I think I've said this before as well um, with Ironman New Zealand because it's it's a really small, dilute, uh, really small field, and you're going to see... Um, What's his name? Marco Albert. He's gonna he's gonna be first out of the swim. He I think he was first out in Kona. He's one of the best best swimmers about. So he's gonna have a lead. I don't think Terenzo will be able to keep up with him. He may do, um, but Terenzo's a little bit better swimmer than Bevan. And then Bevan Cameron won't keep up with Bevan. So it's quite potential that he could come out of the swim with Marco Albert off the front, bit of a gap to Terenzo, bit of a gap to Bevan, bit of a reasonable gap back to Cam. So it could be quite spread out. And then we've seen Terenzo's tap before on the bike he's really gone for it um, and Bevan is incredibly strong on the bike so it'll be interesting if those two do team up um, you know that the, they could do some damage to Cam Brown on the on the um, on the bike whenever you come to New Zealand you've always thought you know somebody if they're going to beat Cam they've got to have a decent lead off and <coughs> there's never really been anybody here who's been able to go head to head with Brownie because he is one of the best runners when it comes to um, Ironman Marathon Ironman Marathon but I, I get the feeling Bevan should be able to match him on the run. You know, he's a sensational runner. Um, yeah, but let's say, you know, traditional Ironman rookie mistake, go too hard on the bike, suffer in the run. And I know we're talking about an elite guy here, but mm. still, you know, like, if he does be, get quite aggressive, there is that risk factor that the run's going to blow. I get the feeling that he won't go too mental on the bike. Uh, I guess my concern with Bevan is whether he gets the nutrition right and whether he's got the energy for the run. Um, Fitness-wise, I think he'll be fine. It's just whether he's able to fuel himself correctly through the day to be able to pull out a good marathon run. So he, Bevan is a, is a bit of an animal trainer. Um, he's, he does huge, has done huge volume in the past, so don't really think the distance will be a problem for him. It's just whether he can get the fueling right. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting day. Torsten's predictions have Cam Brown coming in at 8.26, Terenzo at 8.36, and Marco Albert at 8.43, Courtney Ogden at 8.48, and Keegan Williams at 8.57. Um, outside of that, there's, uh, you know, obviously Bevan does not appear on that list, and he's probably the uh, only other one, but 
realistically, I think it's a, it's a bit of a three horse race, with Marco Albert being a bit of the surprise package. Okay, so who are you picking? I'm picking Bevan. John, who are you picking, Bevan? Well, Bevan's got a good name. He mm. definitely goes into his favour. Mm. Terenzo hasn't quite nailed nine men yet. Mm. Yeah, well, he's had a couple of okay races. He had that good mm-hmm. Kona, but and he's coming off that Achilles, mm-hmm. but been doing amazing in the seventy point threes in the last kind of three or four months. Yeah. Well, you know, that's good. That's got to go in his favour. Cam owned this race forever, mm-hmm. and every time people have been there to challenge him, he's stepped up. But is a little bit older. Mm-hmm. John, I don't know. Oh god, it's just like flipping picking the girls. Okay, I'm gonna Cam. You going Cam? Okay. Just just because you're going Bevan. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna Cam and Trenzo. Okay. Tie, they're going to tie it. Okay. And then see what I've done there. I've covered all of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think ultimately you have to say Bevan. You know. Yeah. Based to. on well, I think based on ability and form right now, you'd have to say Bevan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I think it's even though Cam's just getting a little bit older in the tooth, still you know you can't write him off. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't really have he has bad races at places, but he doesn't seem to have a bad race at Taupo. No, and. and It'll be interesting. What's really interesting this year is, you know, Cam's had some days where he's got off the bike and he's had to have some pretty amazing runs mm. to win a race. But he's always had hometown support. Yeah, yeah. But this time, yeah. it's, all, it's all Kiwis, really. Well, yeah. you know, Michael Albo, but, Albo, but, you know, like it's really, it's if Bevan's at the front, the crowd's going to be giving Bevan just as much support oh, yeah. as Cam, you know. And so that dynamic changes a little bit for Cam, you know. And so, mm. You know, and also does Cam still have the want? You know, I'm, I'm sure he will say that he does, but it's often you talk to athletes before a race and they go, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm still fresh airs. And then afterwards they go, oh, you know what, I don't have it anymore. Mm. And um, we haven't spoken to Cam, so I'm not, you know, he hasn't said that. But, you know, when you do get a little bit older in your career and, you know, you, you realise that maybe you're in a bit more for just trying to cash in at the end, you know, maybe things do change and that whole fight, you know, to get that win at the end maybe isn't there so much. So, I don't know. I, I think really I suppose you have to say Bevan, but it's going to be a really fascinating race. It is. And I think the girls should be um, quite a good race as well. You've got Gina Crawford coming off winning Challenge Wanaka. Uh, and a good Kona. And a good Kona. Um, seems to be on fire. I mean, she set a course record down in, in Wanaka on, on a very difficult day. Um, and then Meredith Kessler, who's going to be on the show next week. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, yep, because uh, she's doubling up and doing Melbourne. So... We're going to have her on next week, all going well. But that could be a, a great battle. Meredith Kessler has had some amazing races. Um, and, you know, Torsten's rating here has only got a three-minute difference. You know, he's got um, – or two-minute difference even. He's expecting Gina 9.23 and Meredith Kessler at 9.25. So, um, you know, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion. A lot of people will think, oh, it's Gina's race to lose. But Meredith Kessler is pretty handy. And – um, as we'll find out next week, she's had quite a few ups and downs in terms of bike crashes and, and getting totally smashed to pieces. Uh, but she was right in the mix for, for a good chunk of uh, Kona last year. Um, so it, it could be quite a good battle. And Candice Hammond, um, you know, she's she's coming off uh, a good race in Wanaka as well. So I think she's you know she's a bit of an, bit of an up and comer to keep an, keep an eye out. And then uh, probably the one other one there is Carrie Lester as well, who's predicted to come in at 9:30. So. Those three there, you know, predictions are only a 12-minute sort of spread amongst the three of them. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, sometimes we talk about last year's results, but you know, last year was a 70.3, so it didn't really, didn't really count. Um, but in the 
2011 race, which was when they had the last iron distance race. You know, uh, Cam took it out in 831, a 10-minute victory over Terenzo, and Matthias Hecht was third. And that was when Sam Warner won the, won the race from Miranda Carfrey and, and Joe Lorne. And, uh, and I do recall, I think that was the race where Terenzo, you know, first lap of the bike, he had this stomping great lead over Cam, and then uh, Cam came storming back on the, well, it was a combination of him storming back on the second lap and Terenzo fading pretty badly. So, yep. What's happened to Kieran Doe? Interesting. I don't know. I just, I, I often wonder that one, Bevan. You do? <laughs> often wonder what he's up to. Um, so I don't know is the answer. Because, mm. you know, like, I just haven't heard, I'm going to go to his website right now, doughboy.co.nz. Mm. I'm just pulling it up. By the way, the cricket score. Have a guess. Who's got it? Oh, I can't remember. Brian Lara. Yeah. Got 400. Yeah. For tests. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It is. Same year. Michael Hayden got 380. Oh, really? Mm. So uh, Torsten also on tryrating.com has uh, has done some nice little graphs here and, and sort of say, seeing how the race um, may well unfold in terms of the different stages of the race. You know, some guys like old uh, Kodo Hiramasatu, uh, he doesn't even, he sort of goes flying off the graph. Um, but uh, check that out, tryrating.com. It's got all the predictions for this weekend and then he'll have the reviews afterwards. Okay. Oh boy, he's, he hasn't posted anything on his website since 2012. His goal for 2012 is to be as best he can be, which I don't know if he achieved it or not, but we haven't really seen him. Maybe he stopped. I remember, I think he did uh, the Auckland Half Ironman end of last summer. I remember, I think he, he won that. Um, that's about yep, all that's, I can remember. that's the last thing that's been on here. Mm. And he's got, well, we posted on his Facebook page on Christmas time, so maybe he's, maybe he's been injured, I'm not sure. Let us know if you know. Okay, um, okay. the other big race happening this weekend is the Abu Dhabi International Triathlon, which is always in a really interesting race, different kind of format, and a lot of prize money, which draws a pretty good field. And I think we can say that this year is no different from others. Yeah, so $50,000 for the win. So $230,000 US in total prize pool. Goes 50, 20, 15, 10, and then drops away uh, for 10th place being $1,000. So... Good on Abu Dhabi uh, for stumping up a good stonk of cash and and, and drawing a, a really strong elite field. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how different people, what sort of condition they're in. You know, you got Macker in there, but you know, but judging off his, his Wanaka form, I'm not expecting the earth from um, from Macker over there. Uh, but I guess you know the guys that we want to be looking out for, Freddie Van Laird coming Wind off a great Kona. And a great Kona, yeah, and Nico Lanos um, is in there. Bart Arnotts is coming off a win in the seventy point three in uh, South Africa, and but I guess a couple of guys that I think to to keep a bit of a look out for um, Phil Graves, yeah, but go and blow, isn't he? He's really he's going to go out there. You, and can, try. Kind of, you can go and blow in this race, can't you? The uh, run's not that long. It's still long enough that I think... 20Ks? Yeah, the guys, you know, you, you need a pretty substantial lead. what's the distance? It's... Uh, Is it 4K swim? I think it's it's 3K swim, 200K bike. And 20K and run. 20K run. It's just, it's just double feel, That's kind of made for someone that feel great. But, but although what we've found over the last few years is no one really gets around the bike, do they? Not with a, a gigantic lead. Well, they had Andrew Starkowitz last year trying to absolutely... Uh, I haven't seen him on the start list, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, nobody's really gone out. The girls' side, I think, different story. 3K swim, 200K bike, 20K run. Um, And I think names maybe to look out for as well. Paul Amy on his day can absolutely put in a stonking run. Um, And if he's within Kui of them, could be one to watch out for. And David Dallow, you know, he had a fantastic season last year. Yeah. Um, A good Kona. Good guy. He'll be a good 
good, uh, good, good, good in the mix as well, I think. And good old Rosie's name's down the list, as is Conrad Stoltz. The thing I love about Rosie is, as he's getting a little bit older in his career, you know, he's probably in the twilight of his career, to be fair to say. Yes. I actually saw him the other day when I was in Auckland, but anyway... He still puts out the smack talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like that, you know, because really, I don't know if he's going to win this weekend, but Rosie still puts out the smack talk, he and does. that's what you want. Yeah. You know, let, 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 let him know what you think, Rosie. It's good. And uh, on the girls' side, I think you've got... Not um, a big field, but a strong field. Mm, go Von Van Vlerken. Defending champion from last year was uh, Nikki Butterfield, Caroline Stephen, um, Melissa Holsteit, and Heather Wirtle, I think, would be the Jeez, main ones. a pretty ones. good field for it the is. It's, it's, it's As Bevan said, fairly small... But um, but pretty strong. Um, you've also got they've got to they've got to come up with some system where you've got to actually be half decent to be a pro. And what, what are you saying here, uh, Arnu? Did, did you ever meet Arnu, Indian girl? You said did, but you you got to pick on it. No, I'm not. Well, I, I'm just saying there should be standards in terms of how you can get your pro card, and there needs to be some sort of standardisation across. Well, we haven't the world. seen her in like five years. She might be the best thing ever, John. Let's check the results from from next year. Lovely girl, but racing pro. Hmm. Well, John, I, I'm, she's my pick. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Anu. And Joe Lawn's in there as well. Yeah. So. Caroline, who? Anu. Anu. Do you watch um, My Kitchen Rules? No. Uh, I don't know either, but Joe does, and we watched it last night, and it was yeah. quite interesting, but anyway, it's another story. So um, <coughs> last year we saw old uh, Dirk Bockle taking the race out from, not Dirk Bockle, Rasmus Henning taking it out from uh, Faris Alson. Interesting to see Faris isn't racing now, the old. Uh, Sponsorships is, is dried up over there, um, but yeah, should be a great race and good on Abu Dhabi for uh, for really trying to stomp up the cash and uh, and get some some awesome pros. Magnus Beckstead's racing. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Um, I don't even know him, John. Who is he? We talked about this, like, don't you? You just don't listen to me. Uh, seriously, in one ear, out the other, John. Yeah. That's how I roll. Was he the last? Was it the last week or the week before? Oh, the he's cyclist, cyclist, dude. Yeah, yeah, but he's a little bit old, isn't he? Yeah, um, but he's but he's looking at winning Kona, <laughs> so um, no, I think he's looking at winning an age group Kona. Well, no, then I think he's got some pretty hofty, pretty uh, lofty goals. Yeah. So anyway, I guess he must be racing age group because his name wasn't on the the pro start list, and also you've got Brownlee doing the the shorter distance race. Um, but there's only really two decent pro guys, and there's uh, Brukankov from Russia, and he's. Uh, I don't know where he finished in the rankings, but he's right up there in terms of world number three or four or something like that. Big, scary Russian dude that Bevan talked about. You know, those, those big Russians, he can swim like the like nobody's business, usually leading out of the swim. Um, but Brownlee will probably keep up with him and then uh, be interesting to see what's on the bike. But, um, yeah. Is Brownlee that race fit? I don't think it matters too much. I'm sure he will be um, relatively fit. Oh, who knows? I don't think it's his A race for the season. What is the big race for the for the Olympic try this year? Uh, it's basically being consistent through the, the whole World Championship Series, and the finale is in London. So I guess that'll be a big highlight for him. Who's uh, who's your pick for the year? Oh, you can't really go past the Brownleys. So predictable. Where's the fun in that? Triathlons become like Formula One when Schumacher was always winning. Yeah. No one cares anymore because Brownlee's always well, winning. I think this this year it's um, you know they're, gonna, they're adding a bit more to it in terms of the uh, the uphill race they're doing in Austria at. Uh, They'll probably work to the Brownlee's advantage, but eh? Not necessarily. Uh. Yeah, no, not necessarily. So I think that they'll, that'll mix it up. I watched on, I, was, I flicked on Sky the other day, and um, and I think this is the future of triathlon is. Uh, is they had this super sprint race here. I think it was a 200 metre swim, 10k bike with 10 laps 
on the bike and then it was well, like a K a lap. Yeah, and then it was like a two K run. It was in Canary Wharf in, in, in London and they didn't uh I mean they had really good athletes there, not 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 the best in the world. I didn't see the guys race actually so I couldn't comment on that. But um it was short, sharp and exciting and, and a bit of action. So. How long does that take? Well, two hundred meters if it was a two hundred meter swim that takes some couple of minutes. Ten K on the bike is probably yeah between somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes um i guess and then 2k runners um guys is six you know probably under six minutes so it's pretty it's over pretty quickly wow so interesting stuff and you think that's the future yeah yeah it reminds me how much the way we sell out the visual of our sport really determines what our sport should be Mm. you know because really the reason it's the future is because you know it's, it's a package we can sell to tv you know, and it's it's interesting that that's that, that's the main influence. Well, I think you know, because then I think you'd have you'd have heats and finals. You'd have the B final and stuff. You know, you, um, and it's realistic. You know, if if you had a couple of days between them, you'd turn up qualifying. The best guys would probably be able to cruise through qualifying, much like they do in most other sports. And uh, and then you have your main race, and then you'd have all the John. The, the, we could have the Wimbledon of triathlon. What do you mean? Well, you could have like a like you know a two week tournament. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you could even have like race-offs. Oh, I know, because you need more than two people in a race because it would be boring otherwise, mm. wouldn't it? But you could have, how many, eight eight heats? Mm. Well, it opens, it opens it up, you know, and I mean, uh, and it means you have a bigger field. Um, uh, you know, you might have, uh, at the moment, they have 50 people on the start line. You might have... Uh, was, it non-dra- was it drafting? Oh, no, this one, no, I'm talking about like the Olympics at the moment, but you might, you know, come to the Olympics in a couple of years' time, you might have 100 people on the start list. Is there only 15 in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. Really? You might have, and then you might have, um, you know, five heats of 20, and then you might have a, a 20, 20 people in the final and, and a B final of another 20 people or something, something like that. Something to think about IOC, or not IOC, um, ITU. I think you should do it. That should, you know, you could take this, you could start something new here, mate. Well, I'm contemplating something like that for, for Pegasus for next year. Oh, okay, bring it on. Okay, John, other news. Japan, Ironman Japan sold out to 85% at least within the first three days. So I don't think they're going to struggle, John. I don't think they're going to struggle. Um, uh, looking, I'm looking at maybe putting on a camp yeah, at Yeah, there might be an issue with that. What's that? I might not be able to do it. Well, I'll just have to do it without you then. It's a love. It can't be Camp Kiakaha without me. Well, it could be ca- half Camp Kiakaha. It'll be Camp Kia. Yeah. We've, we'll do some videos, some Skype videos and oh, stuff. Oh, just send it over. Just, just send it over. Because I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to I'm, it's not confirmed yet, but I'm going to Florida in August um, uh-huh. to do some work. And then Joe and I are going to do a trip around New York and stuff around that. Go to Vegas. Right, nice. Some gambling for you. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I'm going to Brazil in October. So I don't know if I can get a trip in September. Oh, wow. <laughs> You'll miss out then, won't you? <laughs> love in this relationship <laughs> so um, yeah I'm looking at put, possibly putting a camp on in the middle of September and at Tanya Pora um, really just want to know how much demand there is out there for it it's probably going to be a five day camp um, and just if you want to find out a bit more pop me an email and I'm going to get that sorted in the next couple of weeks but uh, if you're interested let me know Sam Wilkinson sent through a really good piece about um, Coeur d'Alene isn't it Coeur d'Alene yes. um, going to basically going to be having split start or try um, TT start so they haven't confirmed it yet but it's quite an interesting move they're saying safety over spectacle now it's funny isn't it because you're so cynical about this organisation that you kind of think really or is it more about numbers <laughs> you know like and uh, so what they're basically saying is that they're looking at doing Coeur d'Alene as a wave start for or, the reasons or a, a TT time start, start. I don't like this time trial start business. Really don't. So, so how does that work? You put down your time? No, you just, as far as I understand, so they do it at 
uh, is it Louisville? I think it's either Louisville or Wisconsin. I think it's Louisville. Did you say uh, gates open at six? Is that when you're ready? No, you, you basically you walk along and you jump into the pier, and but you've got to get in a big queue. So if you want to start first, you know it just becomes a stupid match. You know, like when you go and um, buy tickets for a concert, you know you yep. go and camp out three nights before. Um, It'd be a tape. It's a bit like that. You know, <laughs> if you want to be first off the line, you've got to basically get there. So I really don't think it's a very good system. Um, in terms of starting, but it's, but it's starting one at a time. Boom, go, mm, go, mm, go. So I think wave starts is the way to go, and I think that will that alleviates a lot but of the this year's athletes will likely start in waves. Well, they go on to say they're not quite sure that the WTC, this is a local article, this is not a WTC article. It's, yeah, a, local, it's a CDA press. Yeah, uh, and so the, the, the WTC are trying to figure out what um, they're going to do. Look, do you think ultimately it's just because they want to make more numbers? It could be, um, but I don't think it's going to stop these heart attacks and stuff that go on. Yeah, you know, I mean, no, they, but the heart attacks. You know what? The, yeah, it's a horrible part of the sport, but it's. I don't think that most of the heart. You know, this, the the unfortunate side of the sport is happening because we've got big fields. You know, it, it, these are freakish things that happen once or twice a year. You know, like mm. it's, you could look in in gyms. You know, there's a heart attack at a gym somewhere in the world every you know once a year as well. Yeah. You know, like I don't think that. That's the problem, if you know no, what I mean. I, I think there was quite a few deaths last year, and I think that is part, part of the reason why they No, I think there was a lot more than that. Yeah. No. Okay, well, you get on your bloody Google and I'm find I'm going to Google how many deaths in triathlon last yeah. year. But I think there was, there was a lot more than you'd, you'd think. Um, so, I th- yeah, I don't know. My feeling is wave starts is the way to go. Then you get that age group element. You know, you might do it in... Uh, you know, age group waves, and then you race. You get at least you got a fair idea from the start of the swim where you are in your age group, um, and I think it's fair for the guys going head to head. Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a fair system. I just don't like this time trial start. Oh, well, I'm trying to find out about this. Okay, time trial. Well, well time trial starts. It's just silly. Yeah. Like, how, how, how's it going to work? Mm. You know, and it's just. But wave starts aren't as good as well. Like well, the mess per- starts the way to go. Oh, it is, but I mean, it's 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 just not practical <coughs> in some places. And uh, if they're going to have these fields at the size that they are, then it's it's not practical. I think it works pretty well in in rote. Um, and yeah, you lose that that spectacle right at the beginning. But I think wave starts the way to go. Okay. Well, there you go. You've just said you're the definitive word. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many deaths there are. There's got to do wave starts because I said so. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Well, look at Ironman New Zealand, not such a big deal. You know, I reckon up there. But it hasn't sold out this year, has it? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, 1,500 Melbourne people. killed New Zealand, didn't it? I didn't, wouldn't say it killed it. Wow, it hurt it. Yeah, but you've got 1,500 people or so on the start line, manageable. But I guess that's the thing. What's the difference between 1,500 and 2,000? It's still going to be quite a bit of argy-bargy in there. But at Taupo, it's only argy-bargy for the first few hundred metres. Well, maybe where you are. I suppose I'm such a dominant swimmer. Yeah. Anyway, do you think it should be wave starts, time trial start, or mass start? I think it depends on what you're trying to do with the sport. If you're trying to make bigger numbers, you've got to go wave. Mm. You know, and I think ultimately WTC want to make more money, so that's what they're going to do. I think mm. that eventually you'll probably find all Ironmen will be wave starts. Or there might be a, a number once you go over that bar. So they might say 1,200 and under. It could be a mass start, but once it gets above this point, you're going to go waves. Because but the problem with that is, sure, okay, wave starts is a good system of, of distributing the start line, but still on the bike it's a mess. Mm. You know, like in, in Rote, you know, and especially nowadays because they seem to fall logistics-wise, like Ironman New Zealand is now a three-lap run. I didn't realise that. Ah. Yeah. I th- I th- Bevan was mentioning that the other day, and I, I oh. Yeah. yeah, and so 
the congestion on the course, you know, so sure, okay, well, you can wave start, you can maybe take home in New Zealand up to 2,000, let's say, ultimately you get 2,500, which, you know, probably can't pull those kind of numbers, but let's just say, I mean, New Zealand does. Okay, you wave start 2,500 people, all good, but on a bike, it's just going to be an absolute mess. Yes. You know, and then you've got wave starts where you've got the guys who are in their 50s, but are ex-bike bike guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to be flying through the guys in their 30s who are actually pretty average on the bike, you know, mm-hmm. and then, so, I don't know. <laughs> It's one of the downfalls of our sport, really, isn't it? That we can't have, unless your head like went real crazy and you go, okay, some one, one wave starts starts at three in the morning, mm-hmm. the next one starts at four in the morning. You know, you hit a yeah. massive gap in between. But I don't know. I think congestion is going to become more and more of a problem if you're going to get bigger races. You know, especially if you're going to do lap races. Yes. Like I'm in New Zealand on the three lappers. If you had two and a half thousand people on that course, it's going to get pretty messy. Oh yeah. So. What Time will they, tell. So what have they done there? They've just chopped out that last bit out. Uh, you live and look at the course, are you? Yeah. Anyway, Coffees of Hawaii. Belinda is going crazy on her, her tees at the moment. So I thought, you know, Coffees of Hawaii does the tees, but they have got quite a wide variety. It does, does the coffee, obviously, but they've also got quite a wide variety of tees as what well. What kind of tees are you into? Uh, she's getting all these different organic herbal. Really? Yeah, yeah, and she's got a proper proper tea infuser thing no no tea bags here she you know, oh what's with that about what's wrong with a tea bag no no she, she why she ups her she's nose a tea she snob. ups her nose at any a tea, tea snob john that's what she is but they've got molokai teas they've got hibiscus raspberry tisans they've got uh, lavender stuff lemongrass papaya leaf and they've also got a great gift a, uh, a gift tin brighten up your day where they've got their uh, lavender jasmine green and coffee cherry teas oh if you could have any flavoured, what would you have? Um, out of this lot here, I reckon I'd go for a bit of a uh, bit of lemongrass. I think. I, I agree. Yes, I do like some lemongrass. The hotel I was staying in when I was in KL, they were burning lemongrass scent. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one time I went to Bali. Have you been to Bali? No, Bali's a good holiday. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, and you get massages for an hour and a half. Guess mm-hmm. how much? New Zealand, five dollars higher. Ten dollars. Yes. Nice. Ten dollars for an hour and a half. It's a bargain. And what you do is you go in, and, and there's this lovely little Asian lady, and uh, it, was, it was quite a beautiful facility. It wasn't kind of some backroom place, mm-hmm. and she give you a bit of lemongrass tea. Oh yes, yes. And, and you drink, and it was beautiful, man. It was the first time I trace tasted, it and I was loving it. And while she's doing it, she's cleaning your feet. Nice. So she's rubbing your feet down, she's exfoliating it, yeah. kind of getting rid of those bits around the side, oh. and hot water, and you think, oh, this is the life. And then you go down, you lay down, she gives you a message for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have one every day. Nice. So we won't give you the massage, but we will get you the tea. Exactly. And you go to Coffees of Hawaii. Hibiscus raspberry, I reckon, sounds pretty that good. That sounds pretty good as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Will it be sweet? Uh, hibiscus petals and raspberry fruit imbue this tea same with a deep, Hues of red. The combination of flower and fruit is bright on the tongue and a sweet aftertaste in the mouth. Oh, look at that. And a warm glow in the body. Oh, John. It's delicious and crisp. Does life get any better? It does not. It really doesn't. So check it all out. Uh, Coffeesofway.com. Uh, not only do they do a huge variety of coffees, but they've got your teas as well. So check it out. Yep, they've shortened the course. I've just had a look at the course here. They've definitely shortened it. You don't go so far on the way out. Yes. Mm, I think you're still going to have that little up and down, but... You're going to miss that hill out by the airport, though, aren't you, I think? Oh, maybe. Maybe you will. Mm. Mm. I wonder why they did that. don't know. I guess you get... Like, um, logistically, like, you could say town planning, but it's only another, what, couple of k's up the road. Yeah. Don't know. we have to put that one to them. Mm. Mm. 
Sometimes yeah. it's nice to have more laps. Sometimes it's not. It's hard to keep track of the pros and stuff. Well, I suppose they're passing you more. Mm. That's kind of cool. Mm, that is. But pros, mentally, pros do, you, do you prefer to do, like it's interesting with our running group, when we, we tend to do, when we do longer runs, we tend to do laps. Like, mm. like if we do a 25k run, we'll do laps just because it's easier for us to manage with our coaches and stuff. But last weekend we didn't. Last weekend we did a hill run and then they did, it was a 25k run, but they did a bit of hill and then did a long run. And uh, it was really interesting. After the run, everyone felt great and everyone said, oh, I love just doing the one lapper. You know, and so for our runners, we're finding, although we probably won't do it all the time because logistically it's easier for us to do the so laps. It's, it's all about you, not about the customer. Well, it's more <laughs> what experience can you deliver to the customer? So uh, uh, they're turning yeah. around. But um, yeah, so. I, I would prefer um, a three lapper providing that. Would you? Yeah. You, find it, you find it okay, do you? It doesn't bother me a lot, but if I was going to. If I had to choose one, I'd probably say three lap, providing um, I had a fairly clear runner and didn't have deal with congestion. Well, it depends on how fast you are, doesn't it? I'll have to move my butt. I, I think you'd get frustrated. I think that, like even at your speed, coming the third lap, people are going to get in your way. Oh, no, I agree they would, I think. So I'm saying if that congestion. So let, let, let's no, take... No, so I think three laps sucks. So, the, so it's going to take me basically an hour a lap, more or less. So I'm going to be coming through on my final lap at about ballpark the eight hour mark so that means i'm going to be running into the people anybody that's taken eight hours to do the swim and the bike to pretty, which is the which main is field most of the field are going yeah. to be on the run course and and by that stage they're taking up the whole footpath mm. so now suddenly you're going oh, excuse me excuse me excuse me mm. the whole time and you're a little bit tired anyway so john's going to pull out his angry side because you do have a little bit of anger inside yeah, yeah comes yeah. out sometimes especially when you're in auckland races yeah yeah and uh yeah. and so suddenly you know you get a little bit angry Next thing you know, there's a bit of biffo happening out in the race. It could be. I'll give you my feedback on it next year. Okay. John, discussion of the week. Last week we had Adam Laycock and he came through and said, I'm going to be retiring in a few years. We all are to Adam, but not as quickly as you. Mm-hmm. But he's going, I'm going to do one race, an amazing race somewhere around the world. And you want to know what the Iron Talk community thought about it, John. John's yawning about this one. Yep. Dave Manley reckons you go do the Yak Attack mountain bike race. That sounds pretty cool. It does. Phil Wilson saying Norseman. No brainer. I think quite a few people said Norseman, didn't they? Nick Josie said, obviously, the House of Travel Triathlon Festival. <laughs> Tony, don't have to say that next. He says uh, Tour de France. Uh, Good luck in qualifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken... Carl Zimler says the Celtic Extreme Scottish Triathlon, which is like a... Is that one that we, that we said, yeah, that's the crappy Malapi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a Norseman type one. Yep, that does look appealing to Between me. New Bowl, what do you think of the Ashburton half? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put that right on top of my list of things Come on, to do. Come on, John, support a local race. <laughs> Thomas Peoples, I reckon he just copy and pasted old Phil Wilson's. Norseman, no brainer. It's the same one. <laughs> uh, Graham Ross is Great Wall of China Marathon. That would be interesting. And then I think old Ryan McGuinness has copied old Carl Zingers. Extreme man. I've got a look here at um, Ty McDonald has said the Canadian Death Race. Okay, have a look for so it. I'll have a look for that because I don't know anything Samuel about Samuel Wilkinson race. saying uh, Savageman. Um, Sean uh, Godkemp, uh, Triple T. Andrew Gale is saying the Ultraman. Ultraman is much more than a race, is saying Mark Lindsay. Thames and Norse, Dr. Thames and Norse. Challenge Tri Festival in Phuket, Thailand. And remember, the after party is as legendary as the race. And yep, 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 it's good. Uh, Kevin Murray, I like the idea of doing Ironman Wales or maybe Celtic Man um, as a fullback. Tim Swanson saying Inferno Tri, uh, Interlake in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Kirkwood, Mar- Marathon to Salt Lake, is that? Yep. 
um, Sable, yep. or the Antarctica Marathon. The only problem with the Antarctica Marathon is like forty thousand dollars to enter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd like to do it. Probably not a probably great not spe- happening. Probably not a great spectator one for the family as well. No, and a bit boring, a bit white. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Glenn Cormo, I do know a guy who did it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a marathon. Yeah, he said it was hard because the foot, the foot, you know, you had to wear kind of funny shoes and stuff. Yeah. But uh, Glenn Cornwell, I'm in Lanzarote. Uh, lots of people saying Celt men, Celt men, or whatever you say. Um, Stuart Aminery is saying Paragona Adventure Race, nice. Patagona. Um, Jen is saying Challenge Wanaka, the one and only. And uh, Melissa is saying road. So what, what's happening with your race? So the, the North Face Canadian Death Race, 125 kilometre course, begins and ends on a 4,200 foot plateau. Passes over three mountain passes, includes 17,000 feet of elevation change across the Canadian Rockies. So it looks like a, an ultra running race. Um, probably pretty funky, I would imagine. Nice. Keeping you up, Bevan. Keeping yeah. you up. I've been, I've been sleeping like crap lately. Oh. Do you know when you can't get to sleep? I don't usually have that no, problem. No, neither do I. In the last four nights, mm-hmm. one night I've had a good night's sleep. And and it's not that I've got, you know, like sometimes, sometimes in life you're a bit stressed and you might mm-hmm. go, okay, okay, I've got lots of mind. It's not that. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, have you read The Hunger Games? No. You should read The Hunger Games. Good should, there's a lot of books I should read. Mm-hmm. I know. The Hunger Games. You should okay, read. Yeah. I'm on the third book. It's quite good. I've got about 20% to go. But yeah. so I read it. I get that moment when you're going to fall asleep and I'm just about to fall asleep. But the supporting the book down wakes me up again. So, so I'm reading the book. And I'm going, oh, I'm getting so tired, so tired. You know, when you're, when, you're, when you're reading and you end up reading the same line five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually you're holding you know, well, my Kindle and I, it starts to fall over. Okay, now, yes, now. And so I'm asleep. But the process of putting the Kindle down wakes me back up again. So then now. I sit there and I go, huh, that didn't really work. I'll get my book again. I do it like three times, John. Oh, breaks my heart. I can give you another advice on what's a good sleeping pill, but Tell me, what is it's, that, family, John? it's a family show. Oh, it's a family show. Um, it does work. What, what's your recommendation, Bevan, of the, the races you've seen or done? I mean, obviously you've done New Zealand, Rote, Canada, um, Wanaka, and then you've obviously read about a whole bunch more. Well, I have done Kona. I said Kona. Then I did. Rote, New Zealand. I said, I'm pretty sure I said Kona. You probably did. Uh, well, I yeah. never listened. Um, John, for me, it would say if you go epic race or beautiful race. Yes, it just dep- I mean, in terms of advice for Adam, it just depends what you want to want to what you want to get out of it. Because if you want to, you know, I think you've got the the European experience, and I think for a lot of say North American listeners and stuff, the European experience is quite different. You know, going to a road or a Frankfurt oh, or something you like see that. You see naked people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, diddles. And and going and doing it in a road, you know, on a fast course is is really cool and experiencing that. Then you've got the other side of it. You've got the extreme races like Norseman or Keltman, um, or that one that we saw that was coming up in yeah. Switzerland yep. that looked um, that looked incredible. So you've got that side of things, and then you've got the other ones that are just total hardcore adventure ones, which is you know the Marathon des Sables. Um, somebody said the Patagonia race or coast to coast or something like that. So I think you've kind of got three different. Areas. But then you also go if I'm going to go do an adventure like that, where do I want to do it in the world? Because you want to have mm-hmm. a holiday around it, you want to have an experience mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. it. You know, if you're retired, you've got a bit of time to actually. You might want to go live there for three months. You know, like mm. so. Then that as well. To be honest, I think that Switzerland race would probably be my one. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it, for me, if I were going to do a race like that again, I, I don't really care about trying to be fast anymore because I don't think I'll ever be as fast as what I was. So there's no mm-hmm. point chasing that. Um, you know, you want to be as fast as what you can be based on who you are now. But at the same time, I think I would want to go for an adventure race and, and Switzerland looks like a pretty amazing place. So mm. that'd probably do it for me. 
you? Me right now, it's Kona. Yeah, I'm motivated to do Kona just because there's a project behind there's it. There's a project isn't there? behind it. Uh, Are you going to get an A plus for your project? Yeah, I think so. That's what I think we should do. We should get a grade. Mm-hmm. So if you stick to your training 100, percent mm. I've been coaching a guy for Ironman New Zealand. A mm. great story. Actually, I might do him as, a, as an age group of the week. Well, well I can't really because I said that. Then Tony, Tony's a legend. Tony. It's a bit of a funny story. Tony was doing. Uh, he's a lawyer, and uh, he had the law function. And and Tony, Tony hearing. Yeah. 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 And did you know a story? Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he was on a camp. Um, did he tell you about the neck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's a lot. Of people don't know. Yeah. So uh, so he's doing the law function, mm. getting a bit silly, a bit drunk. We all could do that sometimes. Mm. Thinks it's a good idea, John, to slide down the pole. You know, when the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll show up. Hey, hey, everyone, look at me. Mm. Slides down the stairs. Breaks his neck, yeah. not good. Yeah. Breaks his neck like to the point where kind of could have died, and uh, kind of highly likely, <laughs> highly, highly likely could have died. And doctors are like, you know, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And uh, there's photos of him, and he's you know his neck braces and that kind of crap. And uh, gets survives, you know, lives in the hospital for three months, gets out of it, you know, and you know, kind of told you know be careful. Mm. Goes. I'm going to do an Ironman. Mm. So I've been coaching him for 18 months. He's racing this weekend and uh, I'm really excited. And he's, he's going to be a guy who's only going to do one Ironman because it's just mm. such a life commitment. And uh, But I've trained him for 18 months. Mm. He's only missed one session mm. in that whole time of the whole program I gave him. And even the day he missed, he just was having a really tough day. Even the day he missed a session, he ended up going and doing something. He missed the, he was meant to do like a five-hour ride and I think he did end up only doing a two-hour ride. But the whole time he didn't miss anything. Mm. Like that's pretty impressive. He was on. Uh, he was on our camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, like, how, how many? How many of your athletes never miss a session? Uh, I've got a couple. They're, they're pretty unique. Those types yeah, yeah. of people, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. You know, like I know as an athlete, I probably had a period once in my career where I yeah. never missed a session. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I, I was a pretty disciplined trainer, but you know, missed the odd session. But man, he was impressive. He was. He, him, him and uh, another guy. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was. Uh, Thomas Patterson used to love sitting on Zania Morrison's wheel on the bike. They're just tucking behind Zania on the camp. I think Zania Morrison stalks me on the way home from work. Quite likely. Quite likely. Every Monday night, she yeah. seems to be going for a run as I'm coming home from work. Yeah. She's got good technique. She's very efficient, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She just kind of moves along. And yeah, yeah. I see her, she's always coming around Tennyson Street as I'm driving home. Yeah, that's because she lives around there. Oh, there you go. I'll give out that address again, Zania. I'll give out the actual address this time. <laughs> she's racing this weekend as well, I think. Oh, there you go. Go, Zania. This week's topic. Um, so we didn't really give you an exact answer there, Adam, but hopefully I did. Some, some food for thought. I did. Yeah. I said, I just said, go to What about if you're retired? Go to Kona. Well, well, he's, well, he's going to qualify. Well, well, we can do 10 Ironmans. Yeah, John, this do, week's do, question, I don't think you're going to get, you know, it's 12, isn't it? Sorry? It's going to do 12. Go to 12 then. Not 12 in a year? Yeah. Then do Kona. Yeah. But if you do 12 in a year, you don't get to do it straight away, do you? You guys to wait. Possibly, yes. But maybe by the time he's retired, he'll be right. John. The way you've worded this question, I don't know if you... <laughs> I haven't worded it, I just copied and pasted. Is Sato mad? Uh, oh, yeah, I did write that question. <laughs> yeah. I did write that. <laughs> um, so some of you guys may have seen that um, if, if you follow Team TBB, um, I think Sato has 5,000 followers or he sent out his no, 5,000 5, 5, 5, tweets. And, um, I'm sure he's got more than 5,000 followers. He really... Um, went after saying WTC saying the wheels are coming off and we need somebody non-venture capitalists to come in and run the sport uh, and for it to really be able to expand and actually have some become a real 
have a really big sponsor in there. Um, he, he really feels that the whole organisation needs a complete shake-up and that just needs a takeover. And he's really saying that the, commu- the Ironman community should uh, stump up and figure, well, figure this out. But he's, he's kind of saying that the sport's losing what it's really about, mm. you know, and he's, it's his real concern and he's concerned with the way he's running the sport and, you know, the way Sato kind of puts things, it's always kind of in your face. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of saying that, you know, are we losing our sport? And in that case, maybe we should kind of band together. And basically, yeah, just take a, take a different direction and look after the, I guess he's, a lot of it is look after the pros, get some really good corporates in there. Cause, uh, that's the, so the challenge this week is go and read Sato's little post there and give us your thoughts on that. So, okay. So okay. just your thoughts on Sato's thoughts. Yeah. Whether you think he's, uh, he's Has he done he's the second part of that tweet? I couldn't find it. No, blogs. Let's have a look. You keep talking. Yeah, no, I, I had a look through there, but you, you, you keep a look. So have a read of that. We'll have a, have a link up on uh, on imtalk.me. And we need to get him on. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Who's Gary Fegan? He loves Team TBB. Yeah. Gary, sort it out for us. Yeah. It's your job this week, Gary. You need to sort out an interview for either for the next two weeks of Saturday with us. If you can do that, John will give you something special. Yes. Like? Like, um... Hey Gary <laughs> <laughs> I know what he'll do He will do a recorded message For your answer phone Yeah There you go And, and which will be no, funny Gary's coming to, to Canada um, So I'll look after him in Canada No no I like the recorded message Okay You could do You could go You go You go Hey And I'll go Hey And we'll go It's John and Bevan here From I Am Talk Gary can't get to the phone right now Because he's out training He's hardcore Leave a message and he'll get back to you in eight hours because that's how long he rides. Yeah, you've recorded already. See, so that's brilliant. Gary, use it. Yeah. Uh, it on there. If you want personal um, recorded messages, only $10. Would just you do it? Ten. That, that could be the new show, just recorded messages. I think it could be. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, how are we going for time there, Bevan? Let's check in uh, sponsor. Okay, sponsor. 45 minutes we are. 45 minutes. We've Although we've got anything. no interviews. No. So. Uh, extreme endurance. Um, for you North American listeners. John, you know what? What? I need extreme endurance. Yes. I've got some too. I need to start taking it. Yes. Because my body's hurting. Well, if you want to get some of their um, execute, they now have the vanilla flavour, unfortunately only for North American listeners. <sighs> but their chocolate is delicious and we can vouch for that can't we yes uh, I have not tried the vanilla but I love vanilla so I'm gagging to try some of this hopefully we'll get some over for uh, for camp in Kona um, but check that out your North American listeners they've got it all back in stock now um, use your promo code IMTALK5 you get 5 bucks off and it's a not only is it delicious but it's obviously going to look after you in terms of uh, your protein um, it's got 1500 milligrams of lactate lowers exercise induced body acid um, and basically aids your recovery and reduces the muscle burn so get on to xendurance.com give it a give it a whirl um, if you're anywhere else in the world make sure that you remember that there is basically use the code i am talk five um, on any of the other products except for i think they're just little pre-packaged um, uh, sort of travel packs and a couple of the other packaged ones but get on it use the code i am talk five and I am going to be uh, cranking through some of this for next week because I'm doing a 10K next week, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. Oh, we are you doing a 10K? Uh, I'll talk about that later on, but I'm going to what need some. Uh, Tuesday. Is it next Tuesday? Yes. As in Tuesday coming up? Not today, next Tuesday. Where? Very close. What time? 6.30, I think, or uh, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6.30, something like that. Because I've got to do a 10K hardcore run myself. Yeah, come and do it. Well, I'm coaching. Oh, yeah. Get fill someone in. Well, I like getting paid. Come on. I like money. Come on, do it. <laughs> You'd beat me, wouldn't you? It broke my heart. 
Well, I've been running a bit lately. Okay. Yeah. Game on. Do it. Make it happen. Make it good. Where is it? It's, it's just on the Cash Me Downs. 10K. So, so people, it's, it's like, it's 5Ks from Bevan's house. The turnaround is, yeah, the turnaround would be 5Ks from Bevan's house. It seems quite far away. Do it. So uh, if you want to get on X Endurance, go to xendurance.com, use the code IAMTALK5, and you get five bucks off your orders. So check it out. And they're also on board for Project 2014, so it's good to have them on board. Alex from Tim, Team TBB. Yeah. Sort it out for us, Alex. We met Alex over Yeah, Alex a good guy. He was a great guy. He's a real nice guy, actually. Mm. You know, he was born in 68 in March, mm. 30th. His birthday coming up soon. He's Dutch. I didn't realize he was Dutch. I knew I he thought he was, was more like, kind of like... South African, are you? No, I thought he was more like um, Spanish, you know? No. His favourite food is Japanese. Mm. He loves some high-energy power music. Favourite movie, John? The Notebook. Come on, it's a lovey-dovey, crappy movie. <laughs> but Jerry Maguire as well. Go get some ups on that one. Other passions, holidays with his wives. He loves movies. His wives, <laughs> plural. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 20 wives. Only one, that's a joke. Um, uh, personal model, dreams come a size too big so that we all can go into them. Oh, okay. oh, that's a good one. And favourite quote, we make life better, two wheels at a time. So Alex, we love your work. Sort it out. Get us an interview. Right, John. Age group of the week. Oh, music. Yeah, here we go. Music. Age group of the week. Okay, John Bo. So we've got an age group of this week, and it's really exciting because we ran out of age groupers, and then a couple people have sent some through, haven't they? One person. Singular. I think we're another one. Didn't we? Well, no, I've only got one. Oh. Well, maybe you've only got one. Man, Melissa, how do you say that last name? Uri. Uri sent through this one. She goes, I'm writing to, to nominate a good friend, Andrew. How does this one, John? Zielinski. I reckon you're pretty good on that one. Yeah. Uh, known to his friends as AZ for his efforts at Coles Bay Half Ironman last weekend. I first met AZ back in 2008 at the Gold Coast Half Ironman. Wow, the old Half Ironman. Mm. Remember those days? Well, they used to have a full series in this, and, and there was... WTC approved. It used to be called, you know, the Half Ironman series in, in Australia. And in Australia back in the day, you had to do Half Ironmans to even qualify for Ironman Australia. Yeah. yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And we have remained friends since then. Back in nine, 2009, AZ failed to finish Shepparton's Half Ironman. He struggled with this decision for a long time afterwards, but finally made his comeback to long course racing at Cole Bay Half Ironman last weekend. AZ was first to admit that he was a little bit underprepared for the race and he reported that later his quads gave up in the 70k mark on the bike that's pretty early for your quads that's pretty <laughs> early on the day you're thinking I'm in a lot of trouble <laughs> he then walked around uh, the run which included more than half of it on the beach wow that's a pretty that's good idea hurt. isn't it Yeah. Uh, to finish in a gutsy 7.33 he also managed to get the biggest cheer when he finished as he was in the middle of the presentations that's always good timing to come in yes. I know when I'm doing voice work if someone's coming in on the presentations mm. I stop everything yeah. get the crowd involved um, I believe that my good friend Morden deserves age group of the week and congratulations for fighting his demons and finishing the race. Cheers, fellas, and keep up the good work. There is something about that person who has tried and mm. failed and there's a big gap in between. Mm. You know, okay. like if you kind of try and fail and then try and knock it out straight away, you get yeah. on top of it. But if you try and well, fail, yes. yeah, and then there's always that doubt in your mind, isn't there? Mm. And then when you're 70k into the bike and you're quads. <laughs> You know, so then you go to that place where, oh my God, I'm going to fail again. AZ, I think it sounds like if your quads are blowing out, 
you might need to do a little bit more yeah, training. That whole training thing does help. It does. Yeah, it does. So AZ, you're our age group of the week, but a bit more training. A bit more training. Yeah, a bit more training. Nice work. Yep. AZ, you are our age, age group, group of the week. week. John's sponsor. Uh, no, we just did that. I've kind of mucked around the order a little oh. bit. What do you think this is? We were flying and I was just thinking... Oh, you just chop the, oh, you chop the order. I'm the you, guy who runs the order. You're going to start chopping things out soon. I know it. I know it. Oh, really? Is it that bad? Uh, no, it's not that bad, but it just might be a bit long. So we might chop a few things. Oh, for Webster of the but Week. We're not going to chop Coach's Corner. Okay, you want some music? I'm going to uh, put some country yeah. on. Country. We haven't done country in a while. Here we go. Coach's Corner. Yeah. We've been doing a band dance, haven't we, John? We have. We're blinking our arms together. Do and Grab your partner, do do throw them round and where you go. Yes. Oh, man, we just had so much fun. Oh, I'm, I'm buggered. I'm pooped. <laughs> pooped. Yeah. Coach's Corner, what are you going to talk about? Dave Hayward sent in a question. Time between races. Hey, guys, I have another question for you and wouldn't be surprised if others of your audience have a similar question. Yes. I usually do a mixture of local sprints and Olympic races and a 70.3 at the end. This year I want to add a 140.6. My question is regarding spacing between 70.3s and the full. Right now I'm looking at doing a sprint on June 1st and Olympic on June 29th. There's 70.3 on August 24th that I'm planning on as well. I might do another sprint in July just for fun so that after the 70.3 at the end of August there are two full distant races that interest me. Got the Grand Columbian in September and a Hits Race in November. So it's his first full distance um, and he's wondering if it's going to be too soon after the 70.3 or is November too far to take the advantage of the 70.3 training. Always appreciate your insights and enjoy the podcast. So I think you've got to start working backwards and decide where your preferences lie um, because if you if the, the goal is to do the best possible Ironman um, or which, Iron which, Distance Which race, let's say in a situation it probably is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let, let's say that is. Then you basically got to plonk that into a calendar or a spreadsheet or whatever and then start working backwards and decide whether, yeah, as, as we said, decide whether that's your priority or whether you want to have just a nice even season of racing and do well. You know, do, do well at all races but not put all your eggs into one basket which is what most most people want to do that most of their eggs in one basket with their Ironman use the other races as lead up so let's assume that's going to happen um, in terms of your 70.3s and I guess with this we've also got to have um, yeah, understand that we don't live in a perfect world and I might say right you want to have a race 6 weeks out 10 weeks out 12 weeks out and there's nothing that sort of suits so you just got to bear that in mind but if if ever if you had a ra- lots of races to choose from, I would say that you want to be putting a seventy point three somewhere in the range of seven to ten weeks out from your iron distance race, um, and the reason for that sort of. 
band of, of timing is you should have really good fitness by that stage and you can build up nicely for a 70.3 and really race it and race it hard um, without it compromising um, your Ironman performance because if it starts to get too much closer than that, you know, if you race a, 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 full, a 70.3 full noise, it's going to take you, some people think they're recovered by like Wednesday, but the reality is it's going to take you a, a, a week before you can actually do any really constructive training. Um, and then it just starts to all get a little bit too close to Ironman. So there's lots of people out there that do race within the last sort of four to five weeks, might do a half. Um, but I tend to find that if you really want to race it and race it hard, seven to ten weeks out is, is, is more ideal. And then in that sort of final seven weeks, um, I'd say it would be fine to have an Olympic or a sprint in mm. there, but probably not too much. You know, in that last um, seven to ten weeks, you want to be doing a lot of Ironman-specific racing, uh, not specific training, um, but throwing in you know, maybe one race in there, but most of the other times given most people's time constraints they need to be doing you know specific long rides specific bricks specific long runs um i guess the, the, the one other thing i'll say on this around this question is uh by doing a late season race you know e- either november or september uh and opening your season sort of in in june or possibly even may you'll be very very conscious of uh of of burnout with, with having a long season and not losing the plot especially if you're training long yeah you know if you're going to be doing that long kind of Ironman training so guys that you know that I coach at the moment if they've got a split season you know they might say right I, I want to peak for or, or have a, a semi peak for a race in, um, in mid-June and then I'll, if they were racing really late season you know October November I'll probably be saying right well in that, that sort of two week window after that race make sure you have some really um, chilled out time and so just a, a program I was sort of pulling together yesterday was uh a similar sort of setup, and I sort of said, "Well, those two weeks after that race, um, do a bit of training Monday through Friday, but basically having two full weekends off in a row, where you're doing no training whatsoever, um, and just try to recharge the batteries. Especially if you're, you know, a full-on worker and you, you, everything's always a squeeze to get in. You really need some, some, a, a bit of a mid-season break. So, summarise: if Ironman's your priority, work backwards, try to find a, a, a seventy point three in that sort of seven to ten week range um, out." In that seven to ten weeks, probably look for for an Olympic. Prior to that seven to ten weeks, um, yeah, you may want to have some other races in there, but but that's the way I'd structure it for a um, for a build up to a full. Do I have a question for you? Hmm. You know, like um, for those out there who may be doing the first time, and you know, just because I'm in New Zealand's coming up this weekend, what are some of the things that that athletes need to be aware of in the taper? You know, like because it's interesting. You know, I was coaching Tony and. You know, you still. I think a lot of people think tapers just stop. Mm. You know, and they, they get two weeks out from the race, and they think, okay, well, from here forward, it's just going to be a piece of piss. And you know, there's a few things that, you know, for the newer athlete out there who maybe haven't done an Ironman and looking at doing an Ironman, that it's almost like they lose the plot in the taper because they they kind of think that it's going to be off from that moment forward, and also they're not aware that actually they, as much as they're stopping, they don't necessarily get that full energy charge. Yeah. You know, you more feel fatigued and stuff, and so maybe what are some tips? That, that people, so as they look towards their program and they think about going into a taper, that they'll prepare themselves that they get to that moment that they're mentally better. I think the first thing, one of the things you said there was, um, 
not stressing if you feel rubbish. Yeah, some people expect to feel amazing yeah. in the taper, and some people do, and that's great. But but the main a lot of the time you feel just kind of lethargic, yeah. don't you? I mean, the process is you're trying to give your chance, your body, a bit of a chance to to bounce back, and you are losing a little bit of fitness as you go through your taper. Um, but that is balanced by the freshness that you're gaining. So not to panic if you're not feeling feeling great. Some of the errors I see, in my opinion, that people are making is doing uh, long hard sessions, say in that last ten to to fourteen days. Um, so I tend to encourage you know fairly high frequency training, so similar um, number of sessions per week that you do normally, but um, generally shorter, and really probably trying to avoid yeah as I said that sort of long tempo stuff that yeah just fatigues you a bit more. I'd rather do some slightly shorter, slightly sharper stuff um, than than long you know long moderate sessions long running especially um i like to get the long runs done and dusted and, and sort of ticking over the running so i'd say main messages would be um not to stress if you're feeling like rubbish keep your training frequency um basically the same as what you normally do i think it's important because i think a lot of people what happens is they think the taper comes on and they don't think they're going to be training yeah. as many sessions and so they get to that, they get that kind of last period of the program and they go oh jeepers you know, it's almost mm. like they, in their own mind, they think the relief moments when the taper begins, and actually the relief moments when you get the finish line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you don't want to be having zero days. No, um, your body will just forget about things. You know. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, I'll, you have a day off, um, one day of the week leading into the race, but but that's about it. Yeah. So just just gently ticking it, ticking it over, and don't be afraid to do a session the day before the race, or you know, you always. I always say if you're racing on a Sunday, some people like to have Friday off, others people like to have Saturday off, but on one of those days, still doing you know, a good uh, hour to an hour and a half sort of session, um, sort of going, going around the course, a little swim bike run. It, you know, you're used to that. Your body is not going to lose all its energy. It's going to recuperate that, providing you don't go out there and do you know, some three-minute Ks like we talked well, about. Well, most of that session is going to be a bike. You know, mm. You'll be able to do a quick swim, quick run, mm. and then bike. Okay, uh, good stuff. Um, John, you want to put an interview on? Uh, put your bike. It just depends whether we're going to put in this uh, website of the week. Of the week. We'll Maybe go we'll, for it we'll, now? Yeah, no, we'll save that for next time. Okay. Website of the week? Uh, no, we'll save website of the week. Okay, so time. John's got a new bike and he's going to talk about it. And uh, It's got a little interview here with Craig Sherritt, who's uh, helping me out with some, some bike planning as well. So, a bit of a Project 24 update. Um, that'll basically talk through what, what I'm riding. you made another 10 years 2014. now. 2014. <laughs> um, so that'll give uh, let you know what I'm writing. Uh, in terms of Project 2014, this week is where I actually start to structure my biking a bit. Up to this stage, it's just been a case of Get going out and riding. Um, and Have you got your power meter sorted? Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. It's all sorted. So, so this week, um, I am actually starting. Craig's helping me out now with some of my bike scheduling, and uh, you're going to see some 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 different stuff on my bike training in terms of the intensity some of the cadence work we're going to be looking at doing going to be a little bit different so looking forward to that and uh, this is Craig now is it yes and also I'm putting a weekly update now on my basically my weekly plan is now going on project 2014 so at the start of the week put it up there do a weekly review and then I've got all my daily updates with uh, with all my power files and all that sort of stuff on there so check it out good times rock and roll here we go here's the interview of John and his new flash bike Right, so I'm at um, Bike Cycle with my new swanky bike, the Sipo Venom, and I've got Craig Sherritt here with me. We've gone just gone through the bike setup. I thought I'd share with you guys um, sort of what specs I'm running, because I know a lot of you guys love it. So welcome along to the show, Craig. Thanks, John. Uh, 
Let's go through firstly the, the frame and um, and what I'm writing and just tell us a little bit about SIPO um, and where they're coming from and, and obviously it's, it's a tri-specific bike as opposed to a sort of a, something you might see in the Tour de France. Yeah, SIPO is an interesting brand. They're triathlon specific. They only make five models in their range and as you go through those different models they become more and more focused on a non-drafting full Ironman distance event bike so the geometry differences are we've got lower head tube in the front of the bike and we've got steeper seat tube angle so they become more and more focused on someone that's perhaps comfortable in an elite racing position very low, very very far forward and at the beginning part of their range they're more focused really on just an aero road frame type geometry so we're able to match up the frame geometry with the position that the rider is able to ride in. So we've got you on a Venom, which is at their one of their three specific non-drafting endurance race bikes. Um, when I was sort of looked, you know, first out on the bike, um, one of the things that I noticed and, and other people have noticed straight away is uh, the the chain rings I'm running. So tell us a bit about them and, and the rationale. I know you could probably go on for hours about um, about oval shaped rings but sort of just give us a bit of a pricey on it and we can maybe go into that in more detail on another day. Yeah sure so I guess your crank setup we've got three interesting parts to that and the Q rings are one of those. The rotor oval chain rings they're designed at increasing your leverage through the downstroke so that means for a certain amount of torque you've lowered your muscle contraction force. Through the bottom part of the pedal stroke you're actually decreasing the leverage. What that does it helps reduce the dead spot by bringing you quicker through the dead spot. So the muscles on the lower part of our leg are having to do less work at that point. So some people may experience an increase in power output with these rings. Other people don't. They just experience a decrease in fatigue. It is different for different athletes, but we've put those on because especially for the uh, distance event you're going to be doing, could, could it be really beneficial for hopping off and running at the end of that. The other two things, just briefly, we've done is we've gone for shorter crank arms as well. That's allowed us to reduce the hip angle at the top of the pedal stroke. That means we can bring your upper body down a little bit, but a shorter crank arm also means that we're engaging muscles quicker at the top of the pedal stroke as well by decreasing uh, or, or at least minimising what the knee angle is going to be at the top of the pedal stroke. Lastly, and just quickly, the Kiwin pedals that we've got have decreased our stack height. That's brought your foot closer to the pedal of the axle. That's uh, more neutral, it gives an increased power output, and also the Kiwin cleats have allowed us to bring the ball of the foot further over the pedal axle. That's going to reduce your calf muscle strain, also reduce the tension for your Achilles and through your foot. That's going to help you hop off and run faster. That's the plan. So what length cranks have I got on there? We're down to 165s, which are uh, typical for your height would perhaps be a 170, Mm -hmm. so 5 mil shorter. And uh, that'll be interesting to see how you adapt to those. And later on, as we start doing some torque analysis, which we'll we'll talk about down the track, uh, we can actually measure very, very accurately what gains they're giving you and where in the pedal stroke those gains are. Cool. In terms of the componentry, what have we got rolling? I guess summing it up from front to back of the bike, we've got your Sintase Aero Bars. They're focused really much on ergonomics, so having a, a neutral wrist angle into the forearm, so decreasing fatigue through there. Um, the also the pads, we've got an infinite pad adjustment width, so we're able to fine-tune your elbow width, really, really tailored that for your hand through to your shoulder aerodynamics. We've gone for Cytec wheels. They are a German-made wheel. We have got a medium rim profile there, so it's 47 mil, but where we've gained on aerodynamics is through spoke reduction. So we're only running 14 spokes front, 16 on the back. 
So we can get away with you riding in perhaps windier conditions, say, you know, windier crosswinds, and we're gaining from spoke reduction. You're not going to be caught as much with really deep rims. Uh, we've also put on a 22-speed Campagnolo group set. The reason we've done that is that we have uh, closer ratios, mm-hmm. so we can especially target your gear ratios through the custom cassette that we're running on your bike and give you really close increments targeting the narrow speed, your, your expected average speed range. Which is going to be very, very high. Yeah, that's going to be phenomenal on this bike for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's all about us being able to fine-tune the gear ratio the closer we get to your event. Nice. Yeah. Um, and we've got a cell Stratos seat. Yeah, that's made by Selly SMP. So the SMP seat, that's the Stratos model. So we've chosen that one there to suit your build. Interesting shaped seat. They're gaining in popularity quite a lot. They've got a complete cutout through the full length of the seat, which is aimed at increasing blood flow through that, that area when you're sitting on the seat. So they've been medically designed, and we're having more and more riders having good success with those. So that'll be interesting to see how you find that too. Um, and then I've got the, the Garmin 910, which is obviously reading all my data, and, uh, and then we've got the Power to Max uh, power meter on, which I'm pretty excited about, and you'll, um, you'll hear a lot more about that. But can you, again, as with the, the Q-rings, we could probably go on for hours about power, but just give us a bit of an overview um, of Power to Max and where they're from and, and what it's all about. Yeah, sure. So Power to Max are a German-based uh, crank power meter. They're very similar, I guess, in function to perhaps your commonly known SRMs, except Powder Max, are, they've made some, some advancements in the electronics uh, and also their marketing model has got them down to a really affordable price point. So the Powder Max uh, it has an automatic temperature sensor in there, which means that the power measurements is staying accurate through different temperatures throughout the ride. That's sending the data straight into your Garmin, which we can then analyse afterwards. But the PowderMax, this is really your key tool in terms of improving your accuracy working towards Kona. Awesome. We're going to do a lot more on power as we move forward, and I'll be giving you guys updates. Just from my perspective on the first, I've had two rides on it, and if you read my post from a couple of days ago, um, my speed and my flat time trial that I did was significantly faster than what I was expecting given my current fitness, and I did have the, probably the main other thing that came out of it for me was, uh, as Craig said, the ergonomics of those Sintase uh, aero bars. Um, it just felt a lot more comfortable, and I was somewhat surprised with um, how well I was able to climb and descend relative to other time trial bikes I've been on. So, so far, two rides in, it's a pretty good start, and we'll be back with more um, as I get uh, fitted a bit more and um, as we progress. So thanks for listening. Bye. So we're not doing website of the week. Do Athlinks. Sponsor. Athlinks.com. Yes. And Because I already pushed record when I said that. This is where I was going to tie in the 10K, you see. So I was, my frustration was boiling over again, and it was yesterday. Tell uh, me about it, John, because I, I think actually I'm almost like a counsellor to you, because yes. you, you get this built-up frustration, and you either let it out or you come and talk to me. Yeah. Um, well, I'm try to talk to me early. Talk to you now. Um, so next week, next Tuesday, I'm going to do a 10K. Yes, same 6.30, 10, yeah. 5Ks down the road from me. Yeah, same 10K that I did last year. What time uh, did you do last year? Well, this was the issue. Um, the result wasn't on there, was yeah, it? Yeah, so I go Athletics Canterbury, I can find... Surely they had last year's results up. Yeah, well, I went on the thing, uh, couldn't find it. Page not, not, not there or whatever. And so frustration, I mean, I probably could have found it eventually, but frustration was, was bubbling over. That is frustrating. Easy solution. The website, they, oh, they couldn't even find it on the website. It, 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 it seemed like there was a missing link somewhere. Mm, there's, a, there's, so, a, there's a wrestling name in that. Exactly. So what's the solution, Bevan? 
I know. There's a website called athlinks.com. Amazing, John. You just go and you got your log, log in. You just logged in, and then I can just go back and go boom. Well, there John, yes. you're lucky you didn't get checked. Uh, I was, she was running next to me for a while. No, but you're well behind her. She was well behind you by the end, John. Yeah, she, she put her by went, about a minute thirty in the end. Yeah, she went on to um, set a new course record. So this girl, Alex uh, Williams, went on to set a course record at Auckland Marathon, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, she ran. I think, I think she did about two two forty something like that. Well, she won it anyway. I don't know if she's in the marathon. She won. Yeah, it. yeah. Wow. So if it was the marathon, I would have beaten her by the same margin. That I beat her in the 10k, but she was running with me through through 1k, and they had this stupid one. The 1k marker was not even remotely close to 1k. Like we all went through, and I didn't have my GPS watch by that stage. We went through, and it was like 3:10, and I'm like, we're not running that fast. And about 3:10, is killing yourself, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and then like about 30 meters later or something, everybody's watches you hear them all start beeping because that's a 1k mark. And I'm like, anyway, but last year I ran 34. But that's 40. the problem as a race director nowadays. You know, everyone's got the bloody watches, haven't they? So yeah. if you don't get it right, <laughs> so last year I ran 34.30. Foot 30. But wait a second, it wasn't accurate 5k. It was an accurate 10k. Phil, had, Phil, Phil measured his, Phil measured, and he said it was it was pretty accurate. It's got a couple of hills in it, so I was actually pretty pleased with that time. Um, Phil did a 36.34. Yes. So going doing that next Tuesday night, and we should have the IM Talk showdown. The hoedown showdown. I have not been doing very much running at all. I've been running, but I'm piss poor. Well, I'm just not. You know what? I'm, I'm actually struggling for motivation. Like I go out and I just kind of run. Yeah. I've, then I've got a. I do a track session, a pace like session. You need a coach. Well, no, I've got a program, but I'm just kind of. John, I don't know. I've got the mojo for this race that I've signed up for. Oh. I think I signed up for the wrong reasons, but I'm kind of committed. I'll do it. You know, all the rest of it. But yeah, thirty-four. Surely I could go faster than that. <laughs> 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 Is it, where do you run? So you go around the downs, do you? Yeah, you basically start in Hallsville Quarry, run over. You got two small hills to get over. So you go, you go towards Hunay. Yep, and then uh, you, then you hang a little right, and it's just five k out, five k back, and uh, then you got those two hills on the way back just before you finish. Yeah, they're decent little. They're, you know, they're not hills, they're, they're little bumps, hills, but, but they're good bumps. But in a running race, yeah, they're, they're yeah, decent they'll get enough. your heart rate up a bit more. Um, so looking forward to that. And the main reason I bring this up at the athletics is. It, it just frustrates me when I can't find results. But people, if you want all your results in one place, now did you upload these on here? When the race was initially done, I think I, I think I sent. So sent people can thank you. Yeah. So if you're on Athlinks and you wanted to see the results, as you go, oh John Newsom, I'm going to send you a message. Go yeah. John Newsom, click on you. There's your photo. Yeah. I can send you a message. I can add you as a friend. You, you can. Yep. You can. Yeah. But the main thing is, is to keep all your results in one place, especially when other events websites are crap or they fall over and you can't find results you got sick in your age group yeah oh, they break your heart <laughs> no, no I didn't no because Carson Jorgensen smashed you he beat you by a minute yeah. 19 and he's a world orienteering champion oh really so but, have you, have you but, ever done orienteering no well like at primary school would you be interested uh, no it's quite big in Christchurch oh, yeah. I mean I'd, I'd be interested if I had time but yeah like it's quite a Hmm. Well, it's pretty niche, but another world champion—the guy that wins it was Chris Vaughan. He was my nemesis at primary school in the cross country. He was he a nemesis? Me. Was he? Did he wear like a, a cape? He was like—he just beat me all the time. His, his parents were like mountaineers, and so he followed them all around. So he was fitter than me for the cross country. I always got second. He won. I won everything at primary school. And the, my problem was, I won everything. Like I, I went sports at school. I literally won everything. Mm. And then I went to intermediate and I never wanted to lose, so I just didn't compete. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good strategy for not losing. Yeah. It wasn't a good strategy overall. So anyway, um, athlinks.com, keep all your results in one place. Avoid the frustration that I sometimes feel. Well, no, John, you, you avoided it, right? Because you created it. I did. So do you think you can beat 40, 
34-42. Um, that is the goal, is to beat that. Conditions, riding conditions are okay. I can't see myself beating it by a lot. I can't see myself going under 34 or anything like that. But you that, weren't but that fit last year, were you? No, I wasn't, but I'm not very run fit at the moment. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a bit of an unknown. That's why I want to go and do it, see where I'm at. Comparable, providing kitchen conditions are okay, exactly the same course. If I go under 34, 30, I'll be happy. Good times rocking. Okay, what's your best ever for a 10K? Wow, that's irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Well, because I'm not going to run under 33 minutes. No, but I'm just curious. What was yeah. your best ever? Uh, I think it was about 32 50 something or other I think I did um, 33 and half when I got second yeah third. it's not accurate whatever and it's rolling <laughs> that was when the GPS was so accurate they, I think that was a little bit long that was the problem right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> questions and, and answers. answers Steve um, Bran how to say one Branner uh, where are we Branner? Steve I'll say Branner Branner hey Brana. fellas <clears throat> uh, thanks for your weekly entertainment Excuse me. Uh, it's substantially be more entertaining show than a majority of podcasts available, and one of that more frequently brings a smile to my ugly mug on the way to work. I don't think you're ugly. I think you're a stunner, Steve. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen you. But Sensational. If you listen to the show, you must be stunning. I've entered a seven-day, nine hundred kilometer race in August called the. How to say that? Hate route. Hate route. Um, the course starts in Geneva and winds up. It's way to Nice via 19 coals and two, 22,000 metres of climbing with a time trial um, up the Climb de Brunette yeah. on day five. I'm looking to buy a bunch of compression gear from SLS and having listened to your stories about the epic camps, I wanted to know your thoughts on whether I should look at the compression cycling bib shorts or just stick to the tights once the day is overriding. This is the first of these stage races I have done, and although I've, the training is going well in the mountains of Malora, Mallorca, Mallorca, I I would appreciate your thoughts on or tips on anything else I should be looking for in doing preparation for this race. Is I don't find much information about preparing for events like this on the net. Well, the reason I wanted to bring this one up is um, firstly it got sent through, um, so we, we, we answer works well for the next sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I had a guy that I was coaching that um, did that race this oh, really? this year. So this is it looks sensational. It's, really? Um, yeah, it's basically how many days is it? I, I, I can't remember. He said seven days, basically riding all through the Alps, and it probably changes a bit from year to year. Um, but quite hundreds and hundreds of people doing. It. I don't think it's thousands, um, but pretty sensational way to ride through ride through the Alps and um, Frenchie's apparently put on a, a pretty good job in terms of organising it um, but I think my main advice before we get into the, the SLS stuff is uh, is really to learn how to pace yourself on big climbs um, yeah, because uh, not a race. I, I made a, a big emphasis of that is taking it pretty easy on those first few days setting some heart rate ceilings or if you've got a power meter set some power um, ceilings because most people that go into these things are a bit nut barish and they just go hairy hard nuts and are just exploding and if you explode on the first coal of the day and you've got two or three more to go as you would have in this it's just misery absolute misery um, so I think around the training side of things you really need to get that pacing under control and sorted and uh, and do a pretty big lead in and make sure that you do in your training have some you know some three day blocks we yeah. are going back to back and doing big rides three days in a row um, because uh, there's, there's nothing quite like it in terms of the compression side of things, um, what, what I basically do whenever we do any camp situations is I'm always wearing, uh, putting on my tights, SLS tights straight after the training sessions. Um, so I think 
when you do this stuff, um, main priority when you've, you're finished is obviously your, your hydration and your nutrition, getting that all sorted. And then a re- another really high priority is to, to look after your undercarriage. And so when it comes to choosing your, your bike shorts and stuff, compression um, shorts are fantastic. And I'm going to bring an SLS there in a second. But ultimately, you just need to find what is the most comfortable for you. And, uh, and that might be SLS, it might be something else. But you've got to have comfort. Um, and the main thing is to try to get out of the, your bike gear as, as quickly as you can at the end of the day. Get your undercarriage really well cleaned out and, and uh, having a good shower, getting a bit of a loofer in there and looking after your undercarriage and then trying to get a bit of air through that and then I'll generally put a bit of uh, put, put the tights on just a little bit later on so um, let everything dry out because if everything stays really moist down there can get a few things growing get a little out. bit ugly so get it all dried out and then I'll basically be putting on my compression tights sleeping in my compression tights as well um, and so what I was, how I was going to bring SLS into this is uh, so I went onto their website and if you want to try out some bib shorts they're basically on their half price oh wow good I've timing some, some, so it's incredible um, if you go on there click on compression uh, they've got their compression bib shorts are on their $120 normally Two hundred and twenty. Really, that's a good deal that's for a, a pair of um, for a pair of bib shorts and compression bib shorts. That is a deal and a half. So now is a good time to try it out. Um, and then I basically wear the compression tights, which are one hundred and nine bucks to buy a set of compression tights. Use the code I am talk yourself a nice discount on that. Uh, and they also have got the race try compression short, which probably won't be suitable for doing multi-stage races the chamois um, probably won't be as thick as what you get in bike shorts so you're probably better off going for the bib option and whether you go regular shorts versus bib shorts that just comes down to personal preference mm, mm. Um, so check that out on slstry.com use the code uh, imtalk um, you've got the compression bib shorts there on special $120 wow that's, that's a good deal it's a good deal uh, and then the compression recovery tights are 109 and they have also got the sale items on there as well so you just Give it a click on that, and you can get. Uh, they've got some socks on sale there. Tri suit, tri suits coming up for the season. One hundred and fifty bucks down from one hundred and eighty five, and a bunch of stuff up in there as sale because they are going to have some new things coming out soon. Funky, cool, FRT woman try race top forty five bucks. It's looking good. Giving it away, John. Check it out, slstry.com. And uh, if you want to check out a good um, bike tour and join in with uh, Steve, it's uh, the Haute Route. Alps.org and uh, the guy that did it this year enjoyed it. Okay, good times. Uh, Gavin Kieran's got a one. He's just say, first of all, congratulations on the brilliant show. Love it. Keeps me nicely through my training sessions. Two questions. Question two question? Um, oh, no, it doesn't. How important is weight? I'm 5'10 and weigh around 76 kgs during the race season, about 78 in the off season. I have quite a muscular build, but when I hear you guys mention your weight as being in this, oh, no, no, I'm not there. I'm in 60 to 70 kg range. It gets me thinking that I'm a lot porkier. Yet, even everyone I know comments on how skinny I am. First of all, I, I'm, I'm actually closer to 80, and at race time, for Ironman, I only got 75, and I'm pretty much the same height as them. I'm 5'11", so yep. I, I, I'm similar to you, and kind of a muscular build for, it's funny, because I say muscular build for our world. Mm. In my aerobics world, I'm a skinny runt, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I'm like you. So, John, how important is weight? Well, I don't know, the way that I, I'm at the other end of this, I'm sort of, on my race weight, come Kona will hopefully be around sort of 67 kgs, so I am and on the live side. Um, normally around sort of 70-ish. And how tall are you? Um, I'm 174 centimetres. I don't know what that is in feet no, inches. Yeah. 
but I'm a little bit shorter than Ben, probably five ten, something like that. I yep. imagine. Um, no, you'd be a little bit less than that because I'm five eleven. Okay. I'll, I'll figure it out what you're you answer. You're a short ass, are you? No, no, I'm just, it's just been quite actual, factual about it. Yeah. So um, my, my approach to this is, uh, is if you've got a high fat percentage, which doesn't sound like you do, you see if people are thinking you're skinny and if you do the old uh, you know, blubber test around your belly, if, you, if there's not a lot hanging there, um, you know, if you're a bit muscular, the way that I look at it is, Make it, looking at your food choices rather than looking at your, your weight is probably going to be the best way of doing it. You're 5'7". Five, 5'7". Seven. Five, seven. <laughs> Bullshit. No lies. Centimetres to foot. 174, 5'7". Round that up to 5'8". <laughs> it's not even close. Okay. It's 5'7". I, um, You're I, exactly 5'7". I had lots of visuals yesterday. I must have grown an inch in <laughs> yeah, I think my I, sleep. I think I just broke your heart. I'm 181, so I'm 5'9". Oh, no, that must be wrong. Yeah. So, you know that... that, that uh, but that's what it's saying. Yeah. No, that must be wrong. Engine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that much shorter than you. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm 5'11". Oh, but no. Maybe this goes straight up to six foot. So maybe, um, oh, maybe it's a different measurements. It's not great podcasting. Well, it was when you thought you were only 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my, my general advice to people is um, is really looking at your nutritional choices. Um, I'd, I'd say, say go and get a... A test done in terms of your, your fat percentages, and if, if that's um, you know really really high, then looking at some strategies to deal with that. But in most cases, part of the motivation for me for doing all these interviews that we've been doing with the uh, with the various different nutritionists that we've had on over the last couple of years and talking about paleo, this different different ways of eating, is just to help create that awareness about what you're eating and uh, and trying to make John. It just confuses choices. us. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think uh, I Norton think, didn't. He just said just. Do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, but I think we've just been I've, been, I've been trying to push people towards a healthier diet. And whether that be, uh, it's just removing those processed rubbish that, that so many people eat and just trying to get to stuff that less processed. My advice is generally going a little bit, bit uh, more towards a vegetable based diet, I'm not saying going vegetarian or anything like that, but just trying to get rid of the junk out of your diet and just try to think about it a little bit more. Um, and if your fat percentage is, is fairly low, then I wouldn't get too stressed about it. If you're looking at, if you're a big guy and you're looking at losing um, muscle mass, then that becomes a little more quali- um, complicated. And that's when I think you need a bit more professional advice. But I think for most people, rather than stressing too much about what your weight is, spending that time that you're stressing actually doing some good meal planning and actually having a very, very healthy diet and believing in that healthy diet. I believe I, think is, I can fly. I think the thing with go. Gavin about is, is that it, the guy's in good nick. You know what I mean? If he's 5'10", he's 76 and muscular, he's in good nick. And I think his more concern is can, if he loses weight, does he get faster? But it's, it's always it, that you're not porky. It, it, it's that trade-off of, yes, you're going to lose weight. Yes, you will run faster. Will you lose a bit of time power. on the bike? Possibly, we'll use a little bit of time on the swim. Possibly, it's very hard to know what is the perfect weight for you, um, and so that's why I'd say don't stress it too much. I'd say stress more on looking at your nutrition and fueling yourself in the healthiest possible way, and making sure that you're you're well fueled for sessions. Um, you're cutting out crap out of your diet and uh, and just being healthy. Your body is a temple, so treat it like one. Well, it was interesting. The sports science guys, I've pretty much spent the whole last week reading every article on their website and uh, they've got some really good right. stuff on there. And uh, they've got some really good running stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Stuff about technique, which is very fascinating. But um, they um, have um, a bit about nutrition at the moment with um, Noakes going down mm. the more paleo way or the more fat-based diet yeah. and then another argument against it. And it's worth checking that out. But I think the thing is, is that 
don't stress too much. You're like, you know, like forgiven. Like if you go to Kona, you look at the pros, most of them aren't that skinny. You know, Maca gets pretty skinny for race day. Mm. But a lot of the other guys are still pretty solid guys, mm. you know, and, and sure they don't carry much body weight, but... Well, they're skinny in terms of they have very low fat percentages. Yeah. But the muscle mass. They're, they're big big guys. Yeah, yeah. Like big if you guys. look at the ITU guys. Yeah, they're runs. So, yeah, so someone like Bevan going to Ironman New Zealand, do you think that ends up hurting him? Because um, he's a big unit in ITU, isn't he's, he? He's... Well, he's tall and skinny, yeah. um, but he's very strong on the bike, so I don't see that being an issue. Okay. But for some of those guys that hide in the pack at ITU level, they, they might have to pork up a little bit. Okay, well, Gavin's got another question. He's got um second question relates to time spent in error position. I intend to uh, do a complete 70.3 this year, and that will mean extending time in the error position. How do you train your body to become more comfortable over long periods in this position? Well, to start with, you need to get a, obviously, a bit of a no-brainer, get a bike fit, but you've got to start from a comfortable position and then work your way down. So many people just start and they're in an uncomfortable position from the beginning. So I would say just work your way up into uh, into what is a comfortable position and then it's it's literally about setting yourself some time goals um, in terms of going out and, and, and riding in that position. So, you know, um, thinking about your course, if it's a flat course, a lot of people do not do a lot of, spend a lot of time on the aero bars. That, you know, they'll go out riding in groups and stuff and won't actually spend time on the aero bars. So, you know, being specific around your program. And uh, so, you know, if you've got one decent ride at the weekends, is um, if you're training for a 70.3, you know, you need to get out there and, and build it up so you can sit on your aero bars for, for more or less for three hours and set yourself a few little goals. You know, I might, it might be that every 15 minutes you quickly get out of the saddle just to stretch your back. But, but set yourself some goals that if you struggle to, to stay there for longer than an hour, then set yourself a target of staying there for an hour, maybe with a very short break every 15 minutes. Work it up to an hour 30, work it up to two hours, but you should be able to sit there for three hours with a couple of little breaks, either broken up by by hills or by just uh, quickly jumping out of your seat to give your body a break. Uh, I think the thing, I do think the thing is you've got, to, you've got to go, where am I right now? And where is the next safe step forward? So if you're someone who never does zero, you know, and even an hour is a big step forward. Mm. And so I think you've got to go, to go well, but let's say you can do half an hour, okay, well then, you know, 15 minutes more on top of that at first is probably a good step forward. And so you kind of just, it's just, adapting in a way that's safe you know because the problem is if you go aero long and your body's not used to it it is quite hard on the back you know especially if you're not set up properly so obviously that setup's really important but also on top of that is outside of your training getting lots of hamstrings and lower back stretching and mm-hmm. you know because you do you know I, I know I just kind of went straight into aero and for my probably my first six months of riding aero I just always had a sore back mm-hmm. you know it's just that I wasn't that flexible and uh and eventually it just kind of disappeared but you know, where are you right now? Where's a, where's a realistic safe step forward? And then work on that for a few weeks. And then while you're doing your, your flexibility work as well, and then, you know, slowly progress that. But get yourself, first point is get yourself into a position that you're comfortable in now. And then, you know. Go for and, Bjorn's position. Yeah. And <laughs> go for the cadence of uh, 45 RPM. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, per 10 minutes. Yeah. and there, but, but just. Yeah, then just get yourself in a comfortable position first because I know so many people that aren't in a comfortable position. I've got to say, one thing about my new bike, you will have heard the interview before, is these uh, aero, Synthase aero bars that I've got, so comfortable. Why? Uh, you know, a lot of the aero bars these days are, are just straight, you know, they're straight, yep. and your wrists are really tilted um, yeah. down. These ones are just beautifully comfortable. So they come up a bit they, more? They come up at the end. That's my profile ones used to be like that. Oh, yeah, they were good. Beautiful. Why do they just go straight down? Is it more aero? They look funky. Yeah, it'll look cool. I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit looking cool, John. Yeah, I don't know. Like the socks. What socks? What? 
during the, the compression socks, which you always hated until no. you tried them. Yeah. And now you're a convert. Yeah. Um, That's about it for today. Sponsors, then. John? Uh, SLS Try. Um, compress it. Athlinks.com. Tell it. Coffees of Hawaii. Tea it. And who have I now done? Extreme endurance. Extreme endurance. Uh, taste it. Taste it. The new vanilla flavour. Yeah. John, anything yes. else? If you've got an email, send an email through to us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. It's lovely. Um, if you've got any, go on our Facebook page and uh, tell us what you have to on Facebook. Yep. And uh, John's Twittering now. How's that Twittering going? Uh, I, I'm not doing much yet because I only want to Twitter something if it's something remotely. That's not how it works. You're kind of meant to do every random bit of your life. No, I'm not quite there. When are you going for a poo? Yeah. You know, number ones or twos? <laughs> not quite there yet. <laughs> Work on it. Work yeah. on it. Yep. Yeah. What's your gosh, John? How'd, how'd, the, how'd the, uh, the camping go? Camping was great. I was camp dad in charge of everything. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, well, more importantly, once the kids are asleep, did you get on the wines? Yeah, yeah. You got cranium out. Did it work? Yeah. Cranium's a gold uh, game, isn't it? You can't games. go wrong. If you haven't played it before, get it. If, if you're in a group situation, like we didn't, I didn't really know any of the other parents, um, got the cranium out. Did we're, you win? Bonding. Yes, we did. Is that wrong? Came, came down to the last question. Though, like oh, we, really? What was the last question? We Give got, it to me and I'll see if I can get it. I'll, I'll do, hold on. I'll do a, uh, I'll, I can't remember what the last question was, but I'll do, uh, what, what's the ones where you have to act it out? Act it out without saying the name or place or anything like that? Yeah. Okay, go. And it's an activity. Okay, it's an activity. Oh, so it's charades. Yeah. Okay, so he's stepping up out of the chair right now. He's going over to the side. Okay, ready? And go. Bowls, lawn bowls. He looks like he's having a wink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, 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 oh, it's a cold one. Um, hurling. Close. Close. <laughs> What's it called? What's the um um where they do it on the ice? Yes. Is it not called hurling? Curling. <laughs> oh, curling. Hurling is what you do when you vomit. No. So that was why I think that might have got us to the centre. Oh, I wish I'd filmed that because because your brushing was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. So they got you to the centre. Uh, you, did you act it out? Did you? I had to get that one out because the bowl. Did everyone say bowling first time? No, we had a we had a, a Swedish guy on the team. He got it within like two seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they do they do. Is it, what is it called? Curling. Hurling. Curling. <laughs> curling. <laughs> curling. <laughs> Apparently uh, the Great British team won the curling gold once, and that was quite a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then it came down, we got in the middle, and... Because uh, you've got to get all four cards in the next one, don't you? You've got to get in the middle, and then they choose what colour yeah. you're going to do. And then the other team was miles behind. We gave them a bit of leniency, and they caught up. Oh, no. And so it came down to the last question in the middle. A- and what was the last question about? I can't remember what What the last colour question. card did they make you do? You always go yellow because no one can spell. Yeah, I think we did blue. Oh, blue's all right. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we won. That's all Did you rub it in their face? In your yeah. face. Yeah, the, the blender was at preschool the next uh, <laughs> yesterday morning, and a couple of girls said, yeah, John, John's a little competitive, isn't he? <laughs> Anyway, good times. <laughs> Just because I'm losers. <laughs> so, so we're camping and then went to the beer festival on wait, wait, Saturday. Wait, did the kids stay up? Uh, no, Felicity was fantastic. Lots of the other kids are running around yahooing around. I was like, get those damn kids to bed. So what time was that? Uh, they didn't get them to bed till probably some of them like quarter past eight. Past oh, eight. <laughs> eight o'clock. Hey, Felicity, go to bed Felicity, 7.30. She's such a good girl. And they sleep right through? Yeah, it's fantastic. Did I, you sleep in the tent? Yeah. I had a very good sleep. So you got a bit drunk? No, I wouldn't say I got drunk. I had a few beers. Yeah. And it was all good times. Got up next day, went out for a ride, went to the beer festival. What? And the kids were still in the tents? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a gate. That's all you need. Isn't it? All you need is a gate. New parents, all you need is a gate. Okay. Don't go through the gate. Yeah. So good <laughs> At times. that age, they still listen, don't they? 
it's when about 12. You go in the 12-year-old camp, mm. the, the, the intermediate or the, you know, mm. 11 or 12-year-old camp, trouble happens because boys suddenly start to realise that girls are fun, mm. you know, and, and trouble happens. I remember my, my, my Form 2 camp, which is, yeah. I must have been, what, 12? And there's a girl, Nicola Beasley, and, and Nicola Beasley and I used to sometimes kiss John. I used to like Nicola Beasley. But I'd hurt my neck. I hurt my neck real bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I could I was like, this is all camp, and I couldn't do anything. And uh, I'd broken my heart because I couldn't go kiss Nicola Beasley. And uh, and then my mates went into Nicola Beasley. I'm just Googling room. Nicola Beasley of Christchurch to see if we can I'll find I'll show you a Facebook photo. She's a good chick. Okay. I still know her. Okay. Uh, she's a real good chick, actually. Uh, Nicola Beasley, Nicola... Oh, but she's changing her name. Worry, don't worry, don't she's worry, don't worry. She got married. Don't worry. Harper, Harper, Harper. Anyway, and uh, so I, I couldn't do anything. Next thing you know, my mates were in the room with Nicola Harper and I'm a bit here. I don't think they were kissing her. And I wasn't going out for her anyway. But the thing was, all my mates got called in the girls' room. They got in so much trouble. Oh, I would have been there, but my neck was so sore it didn't happen. So, oh, dear. Those were the days, old John. primary school days, eh? So uh, what's happening in your world, Bevan, apart from you getting ready for 10K next Tuesday? There's Nicola Harper. She's, she's a lovely girl. Lovely girl. Yep, lovely girl. I'm surprised she associated herself with you. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a rebel, I was. Rebel yeah. without a cause, John. John, um, oh, I had a good weekend. Yeah. We had our, we had our, um, our runner's social function. Oh, yep, to go hypnotised, get hypnotised. No, I couldn't get done. But you went up to get done. Oh, I definitely tried. Yeah. And, uh... It's just such an interesting night, isn't it? Did you have many that went under? Well, it was really interesting. We had about 80 people at the function, and uh, I did my river dance, my clapping game. Yeah, uh, yeah. went off, John. Yeah. Went off. Good. Well, 80 people, which just rocks. Good. So that was good. And then, um, so, you know, the guy gets up and he does the spiel about how, you know, it's not going to be bad for you and the rest of it, because he's basically trying to convince people to try. Mm. And everyone was going, I'm not going to try, I'm not going to try. So I, I was first person up just because I, you know, leader had to lead yeah. the way. But then about, shit, about 25 of them stood up oh, yeah, trying yeah, to get tried. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, only four people got hypnotised. It's enough still. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the, my mate, Jeff. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> they had a bike race and he, he just went for it. He had to sit on a chair and have this bike race. Yeah. And he's just got a nut bar because he just wanted to win. He was real serious. I'm in a race. And, uh, and he won the race. Well, he thought he won. Everyone thought they won the race. But because he worked so hard in a bike race, his heart rate came up. He came out of being hypnotised. Ah, right. So, he, so in the end, we only three people, but it didn't matter because it was so entertaining. Yeah. It's so funny. It Such is. a good night out. So that was really fun. So you had that. And uh, could you get hypnotised? No, I went up, but I was the same. I got my hands stuck together. Oh, really? No, I didn't get that far. And then, but then when he started doing the number countdown, yeah. I was just like, no, nah, I'm not there. I need my hands slowly. Yeah. One girl... One girl, because what he does is he basically you go in and he goes, okay, he's talking, he's saying, well, I don't know, magic words, and, and you know, you're squeezing your hands, squeeze your hands, and then he goes, okay, now can you pull your hands apart? And if you can't, you're kind of, you're in the group of people who maybe have to get hypnotised. Yeah. And I'm in that group. And one girl next to me, no lies. Oh, yeah. Her thumb was like purple. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, like I was about to fall off. She was yeah. squeezing so tight. And he's got to come along and sort of prise the yeah. fingers apart. They cannot pull their hands apart. It is bizarre. Yeah, man. It was pretty cool. And uh, so it was, it, was, it was a very entertaining night. Mm. What else have I been up to? Um, not much, John. Okay. Later on this week, we've got uh, Legends of Triathlon um, coming yes. out. Ken Glar. Racing Ironman New Zealand this weekend, and uh, got him out of bed at six o'clock this morning. I didn't realize he was in New Zealand. Yeah, six o'clock on a Tuesday morning. 
At the end of the interview, oh, thanks for being in New Zealand. Oh, we got about six. Yeah, well, he, he said, you know, I've got to be done by 7.15 because he's got, um, you know, people will be getting up and want to go out training. I said, sweet, oh, we'll start Yeah, I was saying that. You said, oh, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, good stuff. Ken got plenty of the good old stories, that same sort of era as, uh, you know, Dave Scott and Mark Allen and, and all those guys. So, John, I'm going to go controversial subject. Yes. Your thoughts on Pretorius? Um, Can I say he hasn't got a leg to send on? <laughs> Where's your pull that one? <laughs> he's a bit of a he's a bit of a soulless character. Anyway, what, what? I, 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 who knows? It's I haven't been following. Story, it. I haven't been following it close enough to have it. No, neither really. And, and it sounds like the reporting early on was pretty kind of Mickey Mouse. But yeah. but what I do find funny is everyone in South Africa seems to be on a murder trial. Yeah, <laughs> the cop, the brother. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, uh, that's how you roll in South Africa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So interesting times. Interesting um, times. It's better, better. I'm really looking forward to Ironman New Zealand this weekend. Looking forward to watching a little bit of that. I might be working, so I'm hoping I don't. Yeah, I'm out of I'm out of town as well, but apparently they've got a, a Wi-Fi, not a Wi-Fi. They've got. Where are you going? We're just going up to some friends' place. I've um, got a ride. I'm going to bike there. 70k there. 70k back. Where? Oh, just up near the mountains, near past Sheffield. You're going to crash at a friend's house. Well, no, so we're going there with the family. They've got kids as well. Oh, you're hiring a house? No, they've got a house. A holiday house, a holiday batch. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Are they rich? I think it's just a tiny little place. Is it cool? Have you been there before? No. Well, no. that might be really flash. Imagine if it's really flash. It may be. Would you buy a batch? Uh, I'd have other things on my list. I would like to buy a batch. But if you say you could, would you, would you go to the – because Joe and I have talked about this. We said, do you buy a batch or do you just use that, using that money to have more holidays? Uh, I, I don't think it yeah, – I don't know. We'd, we'd buy a batch. But it's not a, that's not an economic decision. I think if you did an economic decision, you'd be better off probably renting, but it's just nice to have that freedom where you... Because you go to Criteria, but don't you? Yeah, and that's what we'll buy eventually. Off them? Yeah. Whoops, they might die, John. Yes, I know, <laughs> I know. But there'll probably still be a mortgage on it, so... <laughs> just saying, you know, <laughs> wait long enough. <laughs> Suggest you might buy it, but wait. Um, who's, who's, who's is that? Belinda's parents. Has she got sisters and brothers? One. Yeah. Did they use it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the only problem with criteria is it's quite far away, isn't it? It is. So you can't really do the weekend away thing so easily. No, Akaro would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hemner? Hemner. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's only now. Yeah, Hemner would be good. We've talked about it, John. I do you want to buy a batch? And we're like, no, we'll do holidays. Mm. And the problem with a batch is. You don't have kids. Well, you do have kids, but different when you got. I put a photo of my daughter and I on Facebook. Mm. And so many people couldn't get over my, over my daughter looks. Mm. Have I showed you? Have I showed you the photo? Not this. She looks pretty old there, doesn't she? Mm. She, yeah. Yeah, it's a fair. She is 16 nearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it happens when you're 16, you start to look older. Yeah. Problem is, I'm starting to look older as well. <sighs> right, Bevan. Anything else? No. Nah. You're racing next Tuesday. You got to do it. I'm coaching, John. I'm coaching. <laughs> I'm a coach. I'm making. Is it up. coaching or is it um, working at the gym? That's no, coaching. You could get other people. Just get Dwan to do it. <laughs> Dwan's already coaching. We've about four. We have lots of coaches, and we 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 provide a good service, John. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just call out one of the other coaches. Look, you see, yeah. Okay, if I'm there, I'm there. Man up. But if I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, we'll what, final oh, thing. Oh, wait, 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 final, one thing. One else. final thing. Wait, is, what is um, it? So I'm doing the Auckland race on seventh of April. The, half. IT, the ITU um, race there. People, How much did you pay to do that? It's expensive to enter. How much? Uh, I think it was, I got on the early bird special because I'm organised <laughs> and I think it was 129 bucks or something. Um, but it's it's a wicked race. What do you get for your money? 
uh, a downtown race and you, then you get to be there for the whole weekend in terms of watching the... I mean, you get to be there anyway if you wanted to be. When's this? April. Uh, April. But people, if you want a really good, high-quality race on a cool course, um, get on I think they're maybe struggling a bit for numbers. Oh, uh, really? It's, uh, but it's a really, really good race. Why are they and, struggling? Well, it's Charging just, too much? Yeah, possibly that and I don't... I don't, I don't Is that a problem? Like, if they, like, do they make the money on the age group race or does it not matter? Uh, it will matter. It won't matter for this year, but if it doesn't get supported, it won't happen again. And it's a, it is a really good race. Really, I they committed for a few years. Yeah, well, you know things can change. I suppose I don't know, but they need they want more people racing. So if you get a if you want to do a cool race, go and see the ITU you know race. This? Just let me finish. <laughs> Far out. Just make sure you support the race um, because the, the going there and watching the the big Kahuna's in action on that course. Is very wicked. If it was a flat pancake course, I wouldn't be saying this, but you can actually get to see them pumping it on the hills. It's bloody good. How many people are racing? Do you know? In the elite race? No, no, at this stage in the. I've got no idea. Do you think you're going to win? Uh, I would doubt it very much. I just want to go fast. And whatever placing that is, that's what it is. Did they ring you and say, can you let the I'm Talk community know? No, they just said promote it because they didn't think just saying promote it. We need more people racing. And I said, for sweet. You're doing your job, aren't you? I am. You're good. Iron Russ. <laughs> I just want to wrap this up. Get an ang- getting angry over here. <laughs> I mean, don't. Train hard. Train hard. Kia car. But what is it? Jump out this race again. <laughs> so if, you don't, if you don't want to do the 10K next Tuesday, come up and take me on in Auckland. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. After the race. Before the race. Before the race. Yeah. Okay. See you. Bye. <laughs> right. We'll get an intro to um, Legends. Okay. Okay.